1: This week on Pennant Deep, Kentucky moves to 3-0, and and we, of course, never apologize for a win. We look ahead to South Carolina, and we are joined by the wonderful Josh Pascal. We love having Josh in the studio. Enlightening conversation. He opens up about his journey battling back from cancer and now being one of the most integral pieces in the Kentucky defense. Great interview, of course. Man of the Week is back. Don't forget to like, subscribe, download, comment, leave a review. Comment away. And, of course, retweet the Pennant Deep podcast at KSR. Retweet the episode for your chance to enter to win a signed ball by all the guests of Pennant Deep this football season. Let's get into it.
0: Go! Every time so others... Mm. Love it. So, go every time so others oh, may. Every time. Get
1: some. Live from KS Bar and Grill, introducing Pennant Deep with Max Duffy and Miles Butler, presented by Kentucky Sports Radio. Welcome into Pennant Deep with Max Duffy, Miles Butler. I, of course, am Brent Wainscott, Kentucky, off of a uninspiring 28 23 win over Chattanooga.
0: And we almost lost the podcast, Miles. It was going to be a rough day, wasn't it? I mean, Max and I had a look yesterday towards the end of the game because I think if you all remember, he promised something to the effect of if we lose this game. <laughs> no, that I was will... you. No, it was me. Uh, oh It was I you. Said, I said, I said we lose max? this game, we'll just stop doing the we'll podcast. We'll just stop doing it. Oh, I, and thought I it was It was kind of one of those, like, I enjoy doing this. So I was like, I really hope they win, one, for the season, but two, because I want to continue doing that.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that's what the hard thing was, too, is I was getting angry at you guys because before that in your Twitter video, which we'll get into, yeah, we were like, well, tomorrow's a blowout. We're just going to see who scored the most touchdowns. Just to find out we only scored what, like one offensive touchdown? Three. Two? Yeah, one or two. Um,
2: The thing is, though, as podcast hosts, we're allowed to be as complacent as we want to be, right? Correct. The players can't. They have no excuse. But we we have all the excuses in the world. I'll continually be complacent on this podcast as much as I want to be. You
0: can be complacent, but let's not keep doing the if we lose, we're going to quit. Because eventually we may lose a game. I promise we will not quit
2: after a loss. We don't quit after a loss. We're gritty. Yeah, we're gritty. We'll stick at it. There you go. What what did we think about yesterday, guys? I I have my
0: own thoughts. But, Miles, what did you think about yesterday as a whole? I thought, which Josh kind of talks about this in the interview we have him today, but just a classic trap game. you coming off a big emotional win, then you've got another SEC game on the road next week with South Carolina. I think you kind of gotten lulled to sleep a little bit in the middle. Um, they played like it was their Super Bowl. But I think you do, and I think Stoops did give them a lot of credit after the game. Give Chattanooga credit. They came in prepared. They played hard. Um, they made some individual plays that some of those lesser teams don't always make. Um, one-on-one, I thought they came with their best game. Obviously, UK didn't play its best. I think Coach Cohen had um, – Kind of a humbling moment, maybe a little bit for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. Things have been firing on all cylinders, and yesterday was a little bit of a setback. But I'm sure they'll get back to work and be fine this week.
2: What? Yeah, p- people jokingly on Twitter calling for Eddie Grant to be fired again, <laughs> him coming back and being the offensive curse. So I'm not sure if that's entirely true, but it was quite funny.
1: Well, he did come back, or Coach Cohen did it, come back in the press conference and say, yeah, but, and this is I'm sure something you learn as an offensive coordinator in the SEC for the first time. You're like, oh, yeah, we ran the ball against Missouri very well. This should be an easy game. Let's just practice throwing the ball. And after the game, he was like, yeah, I was dumb for not putting in a a good running strategy. And that showed. Chris Rodriguez was held to, what, 33 yards? It was the first
2: time, and I think you're the man of the stats, Brent, so you'll definitely have something here for me. But it's the first time I think Chris had had one loss of yards, if that's the way to put it, on his runs in his career. And I Mm -hmm. reckon he had three or four yesterday.
1: Yep, that's correct. He – North Carolina State in the Gator Bowl was the one and only time all of 2020 where he got tackled behind the line of scrimmage. Wow. And I think he got a few of those. I want to say ULM got him for one week one. I don't really remember. But Saturday was a day where it's like, okay, like this is – but that's my thing. I don't want to put too much stock into it because looking around college football yesterday, it was basically sleepwalk Saturday. Clemson – Georgia Tech was tight. Ohio if, State if was we, tight.
2: If there was ever a perfect time to put in a dud performance, it's I mean, that's one. the game, right? And, I mean, there's all the excuses in the world. At the end of the day, we're 3-0. We're still moving. I think we showed against Missouri, clearly we're a quality football team when we want to be. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope we can uh, turn up for these next four weeks because we've got a big four weeks coming up, starting with the uh, GA contest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think my favorite quote from Stoops after a game like that, and he says it every year: "We will never apologize for winning." Yep. If hopefully not. If they were to drop a game, does he start the press conference with? I'm sorry.
1: They <laughs> <laughs> should. I mean, well, I think if I think when we get him on, we should make him apologize for all of his losses. He's
2: been he's been in an interesting mood recently. Mm-hmm. Um, very fired up yesterday. There was a lot of moments where I thought he was going to come to blows with the ref. Um, and I'm not sure if this is his mindset at the moment and maybe like, this is what he's kind of portraying to the outside world, but he's been wearing a lot of black. Mm. I'm not sure if that's you know, maybe just feeling a little bit down in the dumps or if that's an angry thing. He's been wearing a lot of black recently, Miles. I- I'm
0: not sure if you've noticed. I-, I don't know if it's a slimming thing. I'm not sure what he's trying to do. I think it's just a color change. He likes the black. Maybe he's wanting to get some black uniforms on the guys soon. Uh, do we even have black in the uniforms anymore? We got that. It's a charcoal. is. I'll just – Yeah, I think that It's, was just, weird. it's just, just black. black. Yeah. Think, yeah, Stoops, was, his anger yesterday was next level. But I don't think it was – I think it was kind of a front to be mad at the ref, and it was more trying to match Chattanooga's coach's cool. anger. We know <laughs>
2: Coach Stoops is a competitive guy, and mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to get beaten by anyone. But it was tough to beat the Chattanooga coaches' aggie yesterday. I don't sure if you saw it at the game, Brent, but on TV they threw to the coach at least on three or four, and I want to say that's minimum, separate occasions, where he was, like, throwing their players up in their face. He needed a coordinator at one stage. Um, all jokes aside, it's actually pretty concerning what yeah. he was up to. Um, I'll be interested to see what the outcome of that will be, but... Um, yeah, not not a happy man for a team that was competing with an yeah. SEC school,
1: and for a team that was zero and nine going into the game, straight up against teams. And that's my thing too. Is like, drink after uh, after Missouri lost to Kentucky, he was furious. Mm-hmm. But this Chattanooga guy, I, I'm curious to see what his post game press conference was like. I wonder if he matched that furious energy, or if he was just like, oh yeah, we played good, and it was just. I, I, I'm very intrigued.
2: They did, they did. play
1: well. I think that's one thing that we've got to. They were physical. Them, they were them very physical.
2: Credit our, our line. We could barely move. them, it was almost one of the best D lines we've kind of come across. Which is uh, kind of funny with them being a double A school. But I think all in all. We take the W. We move on the next week. Uh, hopefully we, we put out a bit of a bit of a better performance against South Carolina and uh, get on the road and get a W.
1: Before moving on, and I know that we're going to talk to Josh about this and he's going to give us the what he sort of has to say answer. But from your guys' perspective, when you guys come out and throw a dud, I think 2018 Kentucky Vanderbilt was 14-7. to 7. Y'all should have beaten them by like 30. What is that locker room like? after you guys escape a game where it was closer than it needed to be
0: one i think I, I, that was a citrus bowl year right so that year mm-hmm. we already knew how good we were so it was kind of like it, if it was the first game of the year it had been made way more concerning of you know are we overhyped of what we thought we were going to be it was more of a, let's just reassess and get back to work and get back to playing how we can because mm-hmm. everybody had seen earlier in the year what we were doing um I think it's one of those when you get in the game, that kind of gets nervous sometimes. But when you step back on the Monday and look back at it, I think you can just kind of regroup and and rally the troops for the next week.
2: Yeah, I think there's probably in the last two weeks, there's been two ways you could look at it. I think there's a lot of room for improvement, which is great. Um, But I think one of the, for me, one of the more like enlightening things or kind of positive things from the games has been that we've almost like had enough mistakes where we should have lost both those games. Um, obviously with interceptions, fumbles, yeah. things like that. And to come out of both of those games and still get Ws, I think for the football program as a whole, that's got to be a positive, that we can – as bad as some of the things are that we're doing and hopefully we can iron them out, we're still gumming away with Ws.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one thing I noticed too is throughout the, the whole Stoops era, 2016 you start off with a loss to Southern Miss. 2018 you throw two duds in there, honestly, against Missouri and against Vanderbilt. Honestly, Middle Tennessee State, too, but you still find a way to win. And I think that's the biggest testament to to Mark Stoops and what he's done. But like I said, it would be nice to start seeing them make these separations. And even against South Carolina this week, their five-point favorites, it would be nice to see them go into William Bryce and win by at, at the least 10. Let, let's scores. hope so.
2: We'll, we'll have some predictions later mm-hmm. on in the show. But For sure. Let's hope so. I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting to Josh, too, because – you guys will find out in this interview. Josh is one of those kind of guys where on a rainy day and there's puddles around, he walks straight on top of that water and barely touches the ground. Mm. He's that. He's that divine. So um, he's awesome. He's going to be awesome to have. But
1: what? before we get to that, though, are you okay, Miles? You've had a rough week. So, for the listeners, and Miles
2: is kind of. You guys can't see this, but there's a. The look actually, on his a, face a single right tear running down his face, He's and uh, I've been Someone's talking cutting him. cutting onions. I've been talking to him off the ledge all week. So, if you've been following us from the start, there's been multiple, uh, you know, times where Miles has just been disrespected. It started mm. um, with our good friend uh, Dick Gabriel. Love Dick. Uh, love Dick. Uh, talking about uh, Miles Bridges instead of Miles Butler. Uh, we had KSR itself um, that puts the show on for us. Calling Miles Hunter mm-hmm. actually made a graphic with his name, Miles Hunter,
1: and yeah. left him off the first one. Can't forget um, that.
2: And now, the guy that got us on to even do the show and asked us and gave us the idea of doing this, Matt Jones, has come out on the radio and called you Miles Miller. Um, what? How? How's all this going
0: for you? Because emotionally, it must be you know just such a big setback. It's upsetting. I wake up in the morning, I go and look in the mirror, and I tell myself I am strong, (laughs) I am smart, and I am confident as a person. But the daily just disrespect that I get, it takes a toll on me. Um, Honestly, expected more from the Big Blue Nation, especially Matt. It's one of those things that, like, I think I may, like, just have to leave. Like, go to another fan base, maybe Louisville, maybe Florida, (laughs) see if somewhere else I'm better respected and, and, you know, just – just cared for as a person because this this group right now is not doing it you two get it right most of the time yep Um, but it seems that other people can't I don't know we'll see the next tailgate I did call you Lance on accident yeah you called my brother's name on accident we go to the tailgates and it's just max this max that no one knows my name it's one of those things like I like staying in the background for a little bit but some recognition every now and then would be appreciated Um, so I appreciate you too but no one else at least people attempt to say your name
1: Good point.
0: Very very disheartening
1: to go through the Pennant Deep Twitter and they're just tagging you (laughs) two. I am the technical guru. If it wasn't for me, this podcast wouldn't go up. Correct, because we wouldn't know how to post it. Um, Well, now we're just sad. Well,
2: gee, now we're all sad. Uh, And to those of you that want to use Miles's name, please use the correct last name um, from now on, especially when we're walking around the next tailgate.
1: Well, that's why we didn't go to this tailgate. Correct. Because we knew that. Miles just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it, and honestly, I think, you know, we as a podcast hurt for Miles because we didn't want to go to the Chattanooga podcast and just see him down in the dumps again or the Chattanooga tailgate and see him down in the dumps again and just, and it was just really sad. So we're not, we didn't tailgate this week and we're not going to, no, there's no tailgate next week, um, but you know, and this is the Big Blue Nation's chance to get it right for Florida. And worst news for Miles. He lost the competition for the next <laughs> target, so he's going to have to dress up like an idiot. That is... So, well, it's not going to be hard to... You, say, can, you can't yeah. you can't leave Miles out once you see him dressed up as Crocodile Dundee. Would you guys care to enlighten our lovely listeners who get all of our names wrong about the contest you all had Don't uh, get mine uh, Saturday? Wrong. They, uh,
2: they
0: know my one. A guy helps do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it does. It's also not hard to mess up Max. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, so... Listeners,
2: we, me and Miles, do apologise for shooting the gun and saying that uh, we would absolutely demolish um, Chattanooga, and we needed to find something to amuse ourselves while watching the demolition. And it obviously didn't turn out that way. But the, for those of you that didn't see, me and Miles uh, had a competition where we drafted five players each before the game, um, and the team with the least touchdowns was going to have to wear the costume that we decide upon to the next tailgate, which is Florida. Uh, I got on the better end of that. I think I won 3-1 in, to- three, two. Three, two in the total touchdowns, which means late. you are a loser, Miles, and I am a winner, and you will have to wear
0: the costume that we decide upon to the next tailgate. I hate to burst your bubble, but do you want some honesty that I haven't told you yet? We'll, yeah. break, we'll break the news on here. I lost on purpose. <laughs> so I was about to say, I, I
1: was looking at your team, and mm-hmm. once I saw
0: Bo Allen's mm-hmm. name, yeah.
1: I was like, he's, throwing, he's so throwing it.
0: I threw it. I threw the match. I wanted you one. You just, you know, maybe in bets or anything lately, you've not been having your best road so, or your record, so I wanted you to get a win. Two, um, I used this as an opportunity to maybe dress up and get some recognition for myself, so maybe people will actually know and recognize me at the Florida tailgate. They already know what you look like. Maybe they'll – Recognize me as the idiot in the Crocodile Dundee costume.
2: Uh, hey, I, I, they will be noticing you. I'm, we will be I'm just
0: saying, like, Miles was so down bad that <laughs> he threw that on purpose. <laughs> I'm a competitive guy, but I'm looking out for myself at the end of the day as well.
2: So, for those of you that will be joining us at the Florida tailgate, we look forward to seeing you. What's up, the gate?
1: The gate. We're also going to start our Buffalo Chicken Dip Tour that day. We are. You and excited if for that, got,
2: Max? If you've got chicken wings for Brent, I'm sure he's not going to <laughs> knock him back. So we're looking forward to that. Um, So we're really, really looking forward to the Florida tailgate. Let's hope it's a night game. I'm sure it will be at that time of the year. And let's
1: hope we're 4-0 and ranked. Correct. We did get other receiving votes this week, which after an uninspiring Chattanooga win, I was pleasantly surprised to see. So probably there's a good chance college game day is in town for that week too. That
2: would be huge. That would be huge. I'm looking forward to it. But, yes, uh, any tailgates that want us to come and check out – Um, your setup please um, at pin it deep ksr Mm -hmm. i believe Uh, please shout us out tell us exactly where it is we're not a pen drop a pin we're not geographically uh, gifted on this podcast so uh, make sure you let us know where you are we we look forward to seeing you we may be doing a little bit of film and asking you guys some questions and and dropping a video later that week for our experiences at the tailgate so we'd love to see everyone get involved if if you want to see yourself on on the screen for about 10 to 15 seconds. Uh, make sure that you let us know to come out to your tailgate. We'll try and get you on there if you say something funny. But if you don't say something funny, you ain't making the cut. So make sure you're a funny person and uh, give us something to uh, to work with.
1: And I do want to say before we get into our, our interview for the week, we, we had a lot of great feedback from, from last week's episode. And I, on a serious note, it, we do appreciate the support and everyone listening. The I don't know about you guys, but I've been surprised to see that um, we're just absolutely kicking KSR Football Podcast's ass and Kentucky Sports Radio, the radio show. Yeah, as expected, yep. as expected, I wouldn't settle for anything less.
2: As Mark Stoop said, I don't apologize for winning.
0: I don't apologize for winning. Um,
2: we do have one person that's not listening, and we'll get to that um, post Josh Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna stick around for yeah, that. Stick around for that. You want to know the one guy that's definitely not listening. Um, but we had some. We've been loving the polls as well. Everyone's been joining in on the polls that we've been putting up. Um, before we get to Josh, just one interesting little result that we had from the polls during the week. We asked everyone who their man of the week was, mm-hmm. and Mark Stoops absolutely blew God out of the water.
1: Yeah. yeah. What were the results? Uh, I believe Mark Stoops won 69% of the votes. <laughs> which, is, which is a little light. Mean, I, jo- so I think fair. I think God came away with like 20 which shows how good the program is
2: going because God's had some good days. He has. Past. Some he's really good days. He started off with seven great ones in a row. Yep. Um, then he's had a couple of decent ones since then.
1: He is the longest
2: tenured coach of all time. If there was ever an ultimate man that does what he has to do, it it's would probably be God.
1: God. Probably.
2: Uh, it, 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 well, he's it is getting God. outvoted.
1: Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm curious about. Mark Stoops' competitive. Did he pay people off, or has he
0: developed some sort of, like, death cult within <laughs> the BBN? It was one of the more shocking results I've ever seen for a poll. Like, imagine, almost like a political race, if you could put the perfect candidate together, it'd have to be God. And he got smoked.
2: Yeah, got beaten. So, I'm not sure if he's going to be happy with that, and I'm hoping there's no smiting this week from yep. God after that result, but... We promised to uh, gav- have him as the man of the week at one stage. He'll be—he'll be happy to know. I'm, I'm sure he listens in uh, weekly and uh, checks out this podcast. It's actually one of his favourites. He—he might write to us on Twitter or something. But who will? Uh, God. Yeah, it's one of his favourites. But uh, hopefully, at some stage, uh,
0: he'll take out the competition. He'd probably get my name right too, which would be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> okay. Well, that's well, that. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs>
2: And before, before as well, just for the listeners to give you a little bit of insight, before we throw to the Josh Pascal interview, Brent, I'm just happy that you're here too because uh, you almost choked and died on your Red Bull that you were having before the show even started. So I did. we're also yeah. very appreciative. God has, that you gotta save
1: this in, in numerous ways today. <laughs> and since we're on the subject, I'm sorry, I'm looking down at, at the magnificent KS Bar and Grill, um, an interesting place to do a podcast, by the way. We find out during the Josh Pascal interview. Um, I talked about going undefeated last week. 14-3 and to start the college football season, so I just want to gloat about that. The KSR Football Podcast didn't let me do their, like, pick-three thing, and I'm pretty sure I'm kicking all their asses. So Can you
0: give God a little bit of credit like he's helping? No, he
1: did. He really helped me out there. There was a few times. I, I, think, I think he tried to work against me a little bit with Penn State, making him punt on third down.
0: Yeah, what was going on with that?
1: I think it was probably just a, a tribute to Max Duffy. Yeah, just get the punches on as quick as yep. possible, see, I agree. But that's
0: another thing is if, if you have the four fingers up to know what down it is, oh. then there's no issue with it. I'm not going to get on your rant again, mm. but I think it's a pro bring the four fingers back.
1: You know what, though? I really kind of thought we were past the four fingers thing, but this is a good reminder of what it is when it's out of your life for a week. I mean, I didn't see anyone using four fingers at that game. For those and
2: for those listening – um. There's a tradition that we need stopped in college football, and it's at three-quarter time people putting four fingers up. And we're trying to get it out, on this podcast. I think we're two to one. Miles is pro. Well, Brent's a little bit on the fence. I was
1: I'm, I was very pro getting rid of it until,
0: until the Penn State game. Get it out. We actually talked a little bit yesterday, Max, about another tradition or a saying oh. that you don't agree with. Do you want to enlighten the listeners on something you'd like to see people not say anymore? So –
2: we're, we're all about coach speak. We love coach speak every week. We love uh, just all the generalities. We take it one week at a time, all that kind of stuff. And the, most of them make sense, and that's why you say them. This, one makes, this is the biggest coach speak, and it makes no sense. So I believe it was the coach of Cincinnati was talking at halftime, and he said that the quarterback, Ritter, is it Desmond Ritter? I, I guess so. Um, he said he just needs to let the game come to him a little bit more. Okay, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It sounds great, but it doesn't make any sense. What does that even mean? That basically means if you take it in a literal sense, when the ball is snapped to him, he just needs to let the defense come to him, sack him, and be, just let it come to him.
0: Just let the game come to him. Isn't that kind of how a screen play works? Not if he's oh,
1: on. Oh, you know what? We should have asked Josh how, how defensive lines. like How do you still fall for a screen? In 2021.
0: I, it doesn't make any sense to me because it's like the classic, the O-line moves out of the way, just lets you run through the gate. Yeah. The gate. The gate. gate. <laughs> and it's like, wait, they're doing that thing again, aren't they? Where yep. they're going to, yep. yep. Here we go again. But, yes, coaches, you're on
2: notice. We do not want to hear the saying, let the game come to us uh, anymore. So, that needs to be out, get it out, you out, kinda out. did that.
0: You kind of let the game come to you. The game just didn't want to come to you on punt. You tend to hold the ball for maybe 30 seconds before you hit it. So, I
2: would say that that is just like taking advantage of your opportunities, not letting the game come to you. Because if you let the game come to you, you wouldn't get out of bed. You'd just lay in your bed, make them bring the field, the ball, That's true. the
1: umpires, he makes a good point. everyone
2: to you, and that would be the game coming to you. Like, it's, it, it makes no sense, and I want it out, and it, we will not, if Mark Stoops uses it, I lose all faith in Mark Stoops. Mm. So, I've never heard him use it, which
0: means he thinks it's terrible as well. You could bring the ball to you. You could bring the refs to you. Yep. You the could field bring, would be hard. The field would be tough.
1: Yep. Well, it's like, unless it's like in Arizona where they move the field in and out of the stadium. I don't know what that means. Can you enlighten me? So they, <laughs> so in Arizona, I think they do this in Las Vegas too. They, the the field, the playing surface, yep. they actually like drag it out of the stadium. It's like on wheels, and they put it out in the sun and let the sun, and the elements. Keep the grass natural, and then when the game comes, they put it back inside the stadium, and then they play on it, and then they move it back out.
0: This is a prank. That swear to
1: God, been happening since like what? Oh six?
0: You look at me like we would know since (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) six. I have no idea. Is that at the college field or at the pro one? Pro, people are a lot smarter than us.
1: (laughs) Kentucky, Saturday was what it was wipe it off, never apologize for a win, move on to the next one. But we're going to move on to our guest. Yeah,
2: and if you're the girl that I
1: messaged on Instagram last night, please message me back. I'm waiting on the reply. What a random time to throw that in. Why did <laughs> well, We just talk about our Saturdays. Oh, well, that's a good point.
0: My sister said she got something for me last night. <laughs> <week.
1: laughs> All right, well, Josh is in the building. We're not, we don't want to keep him waiting or going on with Max's nonsense. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Pascal. Break! Joining us now on Pennant Deep, senior captain, I believe the only three-time captain in Kentucky football history at that position, Josh Paschal. Josh, good to have you in here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to have you,
2: Josh. Uh, you just asked just before we started, if you mess up, can we cut <laughs> that out? We won't be doing that. But it's actually funny you say that because I think you're the most perfect human to ever walk this earth. So I don't know how you ever thought you were going to mess up. Um, let's start with yesterday's game, your overall thoughts about yesterday and uh, just how it went, because it wasn't wasn't the greatest probably performance we've ever put in, but what, what yeah. were your thoughts?
3: Um, I think it wasn't pretty, but you can never apologize for winning the game, and we played it the worst that we could possibly play it, in my opinion, um, as far as the energy goes, but at the same time, I'm glad that we got that out of the way and that we're going to be hungry going into this uh, stretch of these SEC games and start with South Carolina, so uh, I feel like it's more of a a good wake-up call to have right before you start the SEC play. Yeah, I
2: think it's funny that I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter and stuff about how it kind of shows how much the program's changed that we can be 3-0 and and people aren't happy with how we're going at the moment, so yeah. I think it's a testament to that. What did, uh, what did the big fella, big coach Stoops have to say after the game?
3: After the game? See, uh, I think it was more of a he was just saying let, uh, that don't apologize for being 3-0, and but, of course, that we have some things that we need to work on and whatnot. I actually wasn't in there for the postgame speech. I had to go and run to the stadium, I mean to the facility, go get some IV. What, you had Bluewood. to or you smartly left the postgame? <laughs> I had to. I always let a postgame, though, because, I mean, at the end of the day, you still won, so you get to sing a fight song yep. and all of that. Were you cramping up? How come you had to Yeah, yeah. I was cramping up. It was pretty hot yesterday, huh? Mm-hmm.
1: So, I guess that's sort of my question, too. I guess the fans want to know, what's something that you can say that that we can just not press the panic button? Even, the, like, the expectations for this team are just through the roof. And 28-23 20, against Chattanooga, some fans are obviously panicking. You just,
3: how can we ease that a little bit? Uh, just by knowing that at the end of the day, we're, an undefe- we're one of the undefeated teams still left. One of 33. One of 33. Uh, um, I didn't know that. We played a bad game. But you got the bad game out of the way. You got to learn from it, and going into your SEC play, uh, you're hungry. And even though we haven't lost a game yet, you feel like that you almost let one slip away. So you're hungrier than what you were before, and you're ready to get after it. And that's the hope that I can get the fans right now—just that we're hungry and we're ready to go.
0: Josh, I know last week against Missouri was obviously a pretty emotional game for you all, first SEC game of the year. thought you all played pretty well as a whole that that game. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was a little bit of you were kind of drained from that game and obviously looking ahead maybe to the next one and kind of in between, it was a letdown moment?
3: Yeah, so I think this is the perfect example of a trap game. Yep. That After that first SEC game and you go play a smaller school, and right after that smaller school you have the SEC stretch where you have um, South Carolina – uh, Florida, LSU, and Georgia, and it's easy for a team to get lost in that and say, uh, and just not take Chattanooga as serious as you should take it. And I think that's some part of what happened was that we overlooked Chattanooga, and that's something that we shouldn't have did. But um, I'm grateful that we get to learn from it, though.
2: I think with that as well, it's it's important to understand the flip side that um, Chattanooga—that's their Super Bowl too. When they mm-hmm. get to come play us, get to play big SEC school at the Pac Stadium, like that's that's their moment for the year. So they definitely bring their A game. They probably bring out their plays that you know they've been saving all year for us. Those kind of things. And and I don't think we should take too much credit away from them. I thought they played pretty well. Um, they didn't yeah. make a whole lot of mistakes, like most double mm-hmm. uh, A teams probably do. Yeah. Um, but just on the defensive side, I thought we we probably. You guys did your part to kind of hold up, um, even though we are making a lot of turnovers on the offensive side. How do you think
3: we went as a defense as a whole? Um, I think we were decent. Um, I don't think that we played up to our standard, of course. I think that we gave away way too many yards to the team, to that team. And even what you said about the Super Bowl thing, our coaches reminded us that throughout the whole week, they, they said this is going to be their Super Bowl and uh, we're going to have to come out with energy because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you have energy, I don't care what type of talent you have. If you're flat and the other team's turn, then the team that's turned and it has all the energy they're going to bring, or at least they're going to start the game off better than what you are. And momentum is everything in football. And uh, that's what I think contributed to that.
0: So, Josh, for like the big game, say Florida, LSU, something like that, I think it's pretty easy as a leader to get everybody motivated, especially if it's a close game back and forth. What's the moment like yesterday, probably – third quarter, start of the fourth. It's tight. Everybody probably knows it shouldn't be. You're kind of that vocal leader of the defense. What did you go through yesterday as as that guy?
3: Yeah, I just had to – my attempt was even – my attempt in that, of course, all the other leaders as well, was just to get that sideline juiced up to, um, you know, give the offense some confidence. Uh, The offense was telling us, you know, go go out there and make a play. And we were saying saying the same thing to the offense. And it was just more of a – lifting each other up type of moment, and then on the sidelines, getting those guys who may not get begin any playing time, getting those guys juiced up, getting the sideline turned. When someone makes a big play, getting excited, making sure that the energy is good on our end. Because uh, if you look at the other side of the field, you know, Chattanooga was juiced up, mm-hmm. and they had energy. Uh, they did. I remember one kickoff there. Mm-hmm. That coach especially. T- yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, dancing to the music during a kickoff in our stadium and stuff like that. So I was just letting the guys know, like, they're dancing on our field. Like, y'all should – take that personal like that's a personal thing like you don't let another team come in there and think that they're comfortable enough to stand in the midst of your your war your warfield, and that's what I felt like so
2: so just for the fans before we keep going on with the game um there was a scary moment for everyone I think when we almost thought we'd lost you <laughs> uh yesterday <laughs> um you were kind of down and thankfully Gabe came in resuscitated you got you going again you came back out um, are you all good? Are we going to see you out there against South Carolina?
3: Yeah, I'm going to be out there. I'm all good. I'm be ready for uh, the practice this week because, you know, practice is important, getting ready for South Carolina, uh, making sure that we tighten up everything that we messed up on this past weekend and getting ready for uh, a tough SEC role game.
2: What do you think it was about the offense that things just didn't seem to quite click? I know when we were doing our predictions leading up to last week, um, all of us pretty much said that we'd score 40-plus. Mm -hmm. Um, We only obviously put up 28, and that was including a pick six. So, really, 21 on the offensive side of things. What do you think
3: didn't quite click for the offense yesterday? Uh, I'm not sure. Because, you know, it's different when you're on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you ain't even watching the offense, (laughs) like you? Yeah. Of course, you're over there uh, hyping them up and stuff like that. But I haven't necessarily watched, like, the offensive side of the film and whatnot. But I know that they have some great leaders on that side of the ball, too, with Will and Luke and C-Rod and Josh and Wondell and the O-line, everybody, period. Um, so I know that they'll bounce back and they'll get everything situated. They got great coaches on that side of the ball uh, too. But I'm not exactly sure what happened yesterday. But at the end of the day, as a defense, if your offense not clicking, the defense has to step up. So uh, we got to make sure that we're doing that on the defensive side of the ball.
1: So, my question is, is I've been watching these pregame videos, post-game videos, the recaps, and it seems like you're the one who always gives the big motivational speeches before the game for the players. Mm-hmm. Were your speech not that good this week or
3: what? <laughs> <was that? laughs> uh, I really don't think it was, though. Um, I just told them, like, let's handle business mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, that was the moral of the story. And I probably should have had – should have came with something deep. Big Coach G was back in the house. Did he have anything to say,
2: Big Coach Graham? Uh,
3: no, nah, he was just walking around the uh, locker room pregame in the um, in the stadium in that locker room, and was just telling everybody like, "Let's get it going" and all that. It's good to have a Coach Graham. I was back gonna though. say, it's good to have yeah. him back. Yeah, a yeah, familiar face, and uh, you know he he was cool with the guys. At the end of the day, people bad try to bash Coach Graham, but Coach Graham was a great coach.
2: Yeah, I think that's like, one thing for the fans that. I mean, I guess they never get to see what the dynamic is inside the locker room. And mm. I always felt like as much as we were struggling on offense and, and we probably as players by the back end of the season knew what the result was going to be in terms of him being let go, I think he was well-respected by all the players. We all mm. enjoyed his company. He was such a great person to all of us. Um, I know my funniest thing about Coach Graham was he didn't like to curse. So yeah. he'd just the words he'd make up <laughs> instead of the curse words were hilarious. Um, but, yeah, how how was it kind of having him back? Like you said, obviously everyone liked him. And then uh, how have you found with the new coaches? There's obviously Coach Cohen um, and then Coach Setterfield. Field. Is it Seder, Settle. Settle? Coach Settle. Settle, yeah. How have they been?
3: They've been good. Uh, what I like about them is that they're competitors. Even during camp and during spring ball, Coach Cohen would even come into the locker room after practice and uh, just talk about uh, how we did as a D-line or how they exposed us that day or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. And so – He's a young guy. That's uh, something that helps, too, is just being able to relate to us. And, yeah, he's a cool dude, though. He talks
0: a little trash, then?
3: He does a little trash.
0: And I like that he didn't go to your position coach or Coach White on defense. He came straight into the locker room yeah. to let you all know that he got you that <laughs> day. That's cool.
3: So, I guess that's my
1: question. As a, as a defensive guy who's preparing for the NFL, what's the dynamic like to have an offensive coordinator who's come from the NFL to come into the locker room and look at you and be like, hey, this is where you messed up and this is what's going to keep you from taking the next step.
3: Yeah, so uh, I love it because even with that, the plays that you get at practice and the plays that we went up against through spring ball and through camp, that's what you're going to see at the next level. And that's how you're going to see – those are the exact plays that you'll see when you play the Rams and other things like that. So just being able to go up against the NFL offense and know that you can pick up some tendencies off of that and you can steal a couple plays – um, that, that gives you confidence too.
2: Talk about picking up tendencies. We're obviously going into South Carolina and uh, they've got a GA as quarterback. Do you think that we'll like use one of our GAs to give <laughs> you
3: guys a look this week? Yeah, I think we're gonna put Lane as that quarterback and <laughs> let him sling it a little bit.
0: <laughs> what about coach Manny Harper? Yeah, I was about to say we can see Manny, Manny Harper? Harper. Manny a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know uh, this is y'all's first road game obviously. Um, talk about one, just go like kind of the team's mentality when you go on the road. I know Stoops usually gives a good little speech of, you know, it's us against the world, let's go mm-hmm. in. He kind of almost likes it, I think, prefers yeah. it's just a small
3: group. Yeah, I think we all do. We all like to go on the road because at the end of the day, you shut everything off and, uh, around here and around school, and you go on that plane, and as soon as you step foot on that plane, it's business. And so you go down to South Carolina, you stay at your hotel, and we got a night game, so, you know, go to a movie and uh, come back and the next day you wake up and you ready to go like do hair you on fire do you like the
2: do you like the movie idea like do you like getting to the movie or i know it's a little bit split sometimes in locker mm-hmm. room people do, some people don't like it some people like it you are a movie man yeah we
3: uh i know for this year everybody like going to the movies yeah especially if it's a late game though if it's an early game i understand yeah. that one too but yeah. if it's a late game like the movies are 10 times better when you're watching it with the team cuz it's the theater is only us so you can talk and you can laugh like i remember when we saw us yeah, you remember yeah. that? Well, that was the best movie of all time. So,
2: for people that are listening, they don't get a, a great insight to, obviously, what happens. But there's two types of people in the movie theater when we go. Yeah. You're either throwing popcorn <laughs> or getting popcorn thrown at you. Exactly. Which one are you? I'm the one who
3: gets uh, popcorn thrown at me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah. That's
0: what we would like to go. I know. Well, towards the top because you couldn't get it thrown at right yeah. behind you unless yeah. Coach Stoops goes to the, the office up top. Who are the popcorn throwers? Oh. J-Dub definitely a popcorn <laughs> thrower for sure. And it's just like,
2: there's always like three. I know Lynn used to love it. Um, there's always like two or three that would do it. And it would go on for like the first 15 minutes of the movie. And then the big fella would stand up, Coach Stoops, and he'd <laughs> turn around and, hey, stop that. We're all trying to watch the movie type thing. And then we'd, everyone would sit there and be well-behaved after that. But it always starts out like that.
1: What's been the best movie you've seen with Stoops? And just, what's Stoops' favorite movie that he's been to? Like by far, he's just like, that's the best. He loved
0: The Meg love the meg. He and he likes the boxing like uh um, Creed those. Yep. He likes the boxing <laughs> movies because he usually gives I think we've talked about it before. He likes to give some quote or lesson from the movie tied into the week mm. and the boxing ones are pretty easy to tie in. The Meg not so much.
2: What's your uh what's your favorite like lead up to the game, I guess ritual
3: or or uh, moment for you? Um I'd probably say favorite ritual. My thing is I like going on that field before. I mean not before but when we go out to stretch yep. and all of that, and you get to see the other team for the first time. yeah, And that's when all the motivation starts – not stars, but that's where the pep talk comes from, and that's when I get juiced up because I know that it's another 100 dudes that we're about to play. It's always – our it's, best for their best.
2: It's always interesting when – that's a really great point because I know when I go out there, or when I used to go out there um, – what my warm up involved, like doing a whole lap of the field and like jogging through, and you end up jogging through all their players. Well, everyone's tense, obviously, and staring at each other. And I just think it's funny because I'm the punter, but they're <laughs> just like really don't want to get out of your way, and like everyone's kind of like wanting to stamp their authority on the ground. So yeah. I know I know what you mean by that. It's uh, it's it's a funny moment when you finally get to see him. But yeah. I remember. Um, some of the t- one of the most tense moments was uh Mississippi State, maybe like mm-hmm. three years ago, where there was the like all in like push before oh, the game yeah. and we ended up beating them. Yep.
3: were you in that one no i was uh that 's my foot year, so I was in the uh upstairs in the recruiting yep. area watching yep. the game but I remember for me, I always realized that the guy who is there in the beginning during like the pre warm ups where you just go out there whenever you want to. The guy that's barking during that time is never the one that's actually (laughs) playing the game.
0: It's the quiet ones you got to worry about.
3: It's it's always the quiet ones. The quiet ones are the real dogs, and then – of course, you get the bark, the barking from the people that don't really play and they just want to entice something because that's the only action they're going to get the whole day.
2: Before we but. move on to some, um, I guess, more personal questions for you, Josh, give us an insight. I don't think we hear a whole lot about Coach White. He probably doesn't give much of his personality away um, <laughs> on TV and when he does his interviews. So talk to us
3: about what Coach White's like. Oh uh, Yeah, he's a cool dude. Um, I think he's like a football genius <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. Like he knows – Everything about football. Like that's his thing. And then he's a uh I'm trying to think of something interesting about Coach White. So he's not interesting. Now he's an interesting dude, he but he's a like, pretty boring dude, isn't he? <laughs> uh not not really. Like he <laughs> he has some juice to him, but you gotta get it out of him. I mean his pregame speeches sometimes is like a a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like when we in the uh one room. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. He'll start talking, and it looks like he's like acting out a monologue. You think it's scripted? Yeah, I really think they are. <laughs> I promise you, I think he's he might stand in his bathroom and try to practice it. Uh, he give you the inch by inch, play by play <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like a monologue. I'm trying to tell you.
1: So you t- you talk about vocal leaders and his being scripted or anything. Um, two weeks ago, Ray Lewis was in the co- and obviously Rashawn's on the team. Did you get a chance to meet Ray Lewis?
3: I did. I shook his hand. Did it, I, I told myself i was going to wash it? Firm yeah. grip. Uh, yeah, firm grip. I had to make sure. Did, did, did he match give it? You, did you match it? You know, I had to match the energy. You look him
1: in the eye. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, did he give you any pointers or anything? Or was it just like introductory? It, like
3: was, it? it was in the locker room after the game. Oh, right, and right. Right. Yeah, I had a towel on. So I just, yeah, that's interesting. That's first meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <for getting around. laughs> All the first
1: meetings. A towel I, was on I was gonna say, like, imagine meeting someone that you've kind of looked up to your whole life and you're just in a towel. Imagine for the real. towel dropped. <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't forget that first no, would <laughs> not.
2: Uh, well all right let's uh let's get into a little bit more um questions about yourself josh because i know people are interested so you mentioned 2018 before talk us through how difficult that was for you um as a person to kind of go through that now you've kind of come out the other side how how tough was that um going through that experience in 2018
3: Yeah, it was pretty tough uh what was tough for me was because I had a promise in freshman year. Yep. And I had a lot of um eyes I felt like that was looking at me going into my sophomore year and I wanted to have a a great sophomore year, uh, not only for myself but also just to help the team to contribute. And I worked my ass off the whole year, excuse my language, but that's what I did. It was like that all season. And right before that is when everything had popped up. And so of course, my first thing was am I going to play this year? Like, that's that's all I cared about was, was I going to play this year? And when I got that news the first time, they said I could be back by the first game. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm all good. Just got to sit out and camp, but that's fine. And then when I got the news that I was going to be out for the whole year, quote-unquote, I still – it didn't click in my head. I still wanted to at least have a shot. And so I never – I told myself that it wasn't possible to come back, and I think that's the reason why I did come back was because I just filled myself with positive. Talk,
2: uh, talk us through the process from, like, how you, I guess, found out yeah. um, at the start. And then, I mean, obviously, you, you said you jumped kind of – your thoughts were straight to football. Did you? Were you scared? Were you, like, worried about what this could turn out to be or where, the, where it could go? Or were you just solely, like, i got to get back to football?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I got baptized my – was it April 2018 and I got diagnosed in July. So I had my foundation set already. I knew it was on my faith and I knew that my faith was in Jesus Christ so I wasn't worried about um, necessarily what would happen to me as far as health wise. I knew that he put me in the best position to get the best treatment that I could here at the Markey Cancer Center. And so when I got the news I was with my family. And so being with my family I had my mom, my brother my sister, my dad. I had them all in the room. And it was more of a thing where I wanted to make sure that they were good because at the end of the day, cancer doesn't just affect you. It affects your whole family. And so just making sure that they were good, that's what helped me out a lot. But at the end of the day, I'm in Kentucky to play football, so I was worried about football. Like That's what I wanted to do. It was (laughs) right before the season started. You know, all the preseason butterflies that you get. So um, I'm grateful for – I mean, honestly, I just want to say I'm grateful for not only – like my family and my uh, loved ones back home, but for y'all, for my uh, teammates, because y'all kept everything normal. Like even though like y'all knew I was going through some stuff, y'all still didn't treat me like I was like some like charity or anything like that. Y'all treated me like it was normal, and that's what I appreciated the most.
0: Going through that, Josh, just talk a little bit more about not necessarily patting the team on the back, but just Coach Stoops, the community as a whole. Can you talk a little bit about like, how they had your back and stuff like that through all of it? You said, like, Coach Stoops? Yeah, Coach Stoops especially.
3: Oh, yeah, so Coach Stoops and the coaching staff, um, just making sure that I was okay. Because at, at the end of the day, once that, once I got that news, it was bigger than football in their eyes, and that's what they showed me. They, um, they told me, like, whenever I needed something just to let them know that if I needed any, like, emotional support that I could always talk to them. Um, they came and saw me at my apartment, and uh, and that was in the middle of camp. So, you know, everything gets busy. Yeah. Be- everything yeah. gets busy, but uh, due to the extreme circumstances, they uh, were able to come see me. And even if they only came f- uh, for however long they could, that still meant so much because at the end of the day, we all sitting here. we know how camp gets, how especially when you have a team like you had a 2018 how you want to give everything that you had to that team at that point. So, I'm grateful for them. We might have won the national championship if we had you that <laughs> year. Um, talk about, obviously, we've
2: mentioned the support from the coaches. Talk about um, maybe how your relationship with Coach Slaman grew during that time. Obviously, um, such a great person in general, but for you guys to kind of go through that at the same time, uh, how did that connection kind of grow, and, and how was his support during that time? Because I know he was always worried about everyone else besides himself. Yeah, so –
3: we found out i know coach toots found out this news at the same exact time in the same exact Crazy. conversation yeah. and so of course with coach Sharman he uh he had got a, a diagnosed and it was um worse than what i what i was going through and he was at practice each and every day um it, you can barely tell that it was anything going on with him cuz he put a smile on his face and he like he said until the end it was for the team and to see him just take care of business every day and love what he was doing, that gave me the motivation to do what I do what I did, which was to just go to what I had to do every day and uh, tr- give everything that I had. Because he gave everything that he had to Kentucky football. And it was more than just a game to him. It was a family. And whenever I saw him, he would ask me how I was doing and things like that. And I would ask him the same thing, and he would say, great. <laughs> and I remember one time we had a conversation in the Hall and he said um, – the, this happened to the two best people that it could happen to because you know that we could get through it. And uh, that's something that uh, I kept on my heart. So,
1: how, how difficult was it having those conversations with Slurman and, and also how difficult was it to, you know, sitting back and, and watching Kentucky go down and beat Florida in the swamp, beat Mississippi State by a bunch, play against Georgia for SEC championship. How difficult was handling both of those things while you were battling your own battle too?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day I was – I had accepted what I was going through. I knew that I was out for those certain amount of weeks, but I had to work back to be able to play again. So when they were playing Florida, I was sitting on my couch with my my sister watching the game, and I was cheering, I almost lost my voice. (laughs) So I was going, like, I was the full fan that day. Uh, My sister drove me around Lexington so I could see everybody celebrate after we won, and, like, we drove past it. You know you can't pull on the State Street, but we drove past it and see that going on. So, you know, when things like that happen, I feel like you just have to embrace your role. And my role wasn't to be at that game. My role wasn't to be an impact player like I um, wanted to, and that wasn't in God's plan for me. And so I knew that I had to embrace my role and just be a fan. Like, enjoy seeing your brothers do great things and just support them. How did you find out you got the game ball after they beat Florida? Uh, The next – uh, team meeting we had on Monday, where they, uh, int- before they introduced the next team, uh, Coach Stoops told us that, um, sorry, sorry, if you can yeah, hear yeah. this in the audio, there's an absolute chair
1: match going on again, <laughs> this is a For weekly some reason, thing, some on, on <laughs> Sundays
2: at KS Bar there seems to be some sort of cage match that goes on about halfway through the pod every <laughs> single time, every
1: way, and it just, I guess it was what happens when we buy OVW, yeah, I mean good, no. Yeah, I don't know what it is, um, Josh let's
2: keep going down a path about some more serious stuff how how hard has it been for the defense and kind of you know obviously yourself coach Slyman but then Chris Oates as well how mm. how tough was that how how have you kind of tried to help out in the whole defense kind of support him because it is it is such a sad kind yeah. of thing to see someone go through and I remember like Chris's energy around the locker room was awesome and it was looking like he was going to be a phenomenal player, yeah. and then just to get such a bad setback. How, how's the team kind of, and the defense in particular, dealt with that?
3: Yeah, so we just uh, we just try to make sure that he knows that we're supporting him, because at the end of the day, it's a difficult situation. Like he was, a, like a great player. Like he was going yep. to be a great player, and to see just um, what happened to him, you know, it's sad, and it's something where you just you just you just got to pray for him. And whenever we see him in the locker room, when he comes back for some games, yep. uh, we talk to him. I uh, make sure that we know that he knows that we still love him. And you know, because at the end of the day, it's still going to be difficult for Chris. Because uh, you, if you even think about it, like all this happened during quarantine, during COVID, and so for him to be separated not only by what he was going through, but also through COVID, uh, you know that had to hit home for him, uh, hit hard for him. And so just to be able to um, just to let him know that we haven't forgot about him, and it doesn't matter how many years go by, goes by, he's still going to be a part of this team. That's what we want it, to know.
2: It's been so tough for the whole team with some of the things that Kentucky football has had happen to the individuals in it. It's got to be some sort of, like, crazy, sad record, I feel like, in recent. But I guess if there's any positives that have come out of it, is I think the team has got a greater appreciation for – how precious life is and and how kind of lucky we are to be in the position we're in. Do you you feel that? Do you get that sense?
3: Yeah, I feel that. I think it's it's, uh, something where you just don't take it for granted. Like, you go out to practice and you got to realize that it's people that came out here with us two years ago who can't do this anymore. So you want to be able to just appreciate that and not only for yourself, but if you see other guys lollygagging or just not giving it their all, you got to remind them that this whole program, even this whole uh, athletic program period has been through so much in the past two or three years and um, you just got to be able to appreciate each and every moment.
0: I think that's one of those things. A lot of the fans you hear you know, Coach Stoops, all the coaches they develop you as men on and off the field but they don't really get to see that. It's just kind of something that people say. I think this has been a really good example of kind of getting in a personal side of Coach Stoops and the players of this is really bigger than football and this is a really good example of it. Which is pretty crazy. I agree with Max. I mean, the three incidents all together. Um, one, it was obviously very sad, but two, the team really did rally around. And like you're saying, every day seeing Schlarman, you come and work. I think you really motivated the team every single day.
3: Mm. That's uh, what I try to do. Because, like I said, you just got to embrace your role. And uh, I had the perfect role model in Coach Schlarman. Uh, he set the path, and uh, yeah, I think.
2: Josh, one thing for guys in the locker room and I'm sure you agree, Miles, is you probably and I, I missed your first year but um, probably started off as one of the more quieter guys yeah. um, definitely, we always respected your opinion and I know when we had leadership meetings with just the guys I'd always say hey, you've got to speak up because we, we want to hear from you yeah. and you ha- really have kind of changed into that real vocal leader um, how's that, you know, does that come naturally for you, how's that feel for you and, and what was kind of the catalyst in you kind of changing
3: it was more of a – naturally, I'm just a lead by guy, uh, lead by example yeah. leader. But I just had to switch it up because after 2019, uh, going into the 2020 season, you know, we, we were the seniors, and we just I had to get out of my comfort zone, and the coaches even let me know, and even some of the players. Like, it's time to be like that vocal guy, and inwardly, I knew it myself that I had to do that and get out my comfort zone as well. So I knew it had started in the winter with all-season uh, workouts and being able to just to talk in that and to challenge guys. And then that transition to spring ball and, and transition to uh, the 2020 season. So just being able to be that vocal leader because I feel like um, a lot of people cared about what I thought. Go and down, so I just down. had to uh, let – people know what was on my heart because at the end of the day I love Kentucky football and I love the state of Kentucky and what this program means to everyone and so I wanted to give it my all to them so if that meant stepping on my comfort zone then it was nothing.
2: Yeah I mean for the people listening there, there wouldn't be a more respected player on the team and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting no. next to me there wouldn't be a more respected player on the team for probably the last four years than yourself so we always talked about um, making sure that you were more vocal and, and being able to lead the team and I, I think you've done a really good job as much as the coaches and, you know, Vince Marrow's done a really good job recruiting. Coach Stoops obviously leads the way. I think it's been a big testament, our change in culture and our changing to be able to win foot, a lot of football games as being the leaders of players that we've had. Drake, yourself, guys like even like Landon. Um, we just had a bunch of guys that just led the way and are really good people, first of all. So um, I applaud you for that. You've done really well.
1: Appreciate you. So you talk about love in Kentucky and just Kentucky football in general, the love you have for it. What what got
3: you here? What got you to Lexington? Uh, my brother. Because, uh, you know, my brother played here. Yep. yep. And so uh, he was a GA here my freshman year. And so that's he, what he really – He didn't want to play quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> nah. he, he could have. You know you're lefty, too. He can watch it. <laughs> cool. But, um, yeah, just him seeing how it progressed, Kentucky football progressed from when he played until my freshman year and just saw Coach Stoops and the impact that he was having on guys. Um, that's what, something I wanted to be a part of. I knew Coach Stoops was a player's coach because I saw it with my brother, and firsthand, and that's something that I trusted. I was about to say throughout your
1: recruitment, Kentucky had some moments where it was like, this Stoops thing might not work yeah. out. So, what was that as a recruit going through that, seeing them struggle against like Florida in 2016, and be like, you know, hey, it's it's getting thin here. How was that to, to still be strong with like believing in Stoops, and what has he done to to? help strengthen that belief in the way he's built the program.
3: Yeah so before I just had to realize that my brother reminded me as well that it's just a process um, that everything is not going to be instant gratification and that's something that everybody uh, wants these days but you got to work for it. You got to put the time in and it's eventually going to pay off and I feel like that's what's about to happen this year. We just have to keep putting the time in and it's not going to be, you're not going to play a great game off of one great practice. You're going to play a great game off of Maybe a sea, uh, all season of great practices, two, three, or maybe even four. It. And so uh, you got to make sure that you keep in the working for it. You're you talk- from-
2: I'll go, I'll go if you if that's okay. Rock paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talk about not having that instant gratification. You've you've kind of without it being talked about much. You've kind of done a selfless role and kind of going inside on the line. And I think we would have been very beneficial to have you out to play a little bit more outside. I don't know if my terminology is correct there, but um, how have you kind of you know got your head around having to kind of sacrifice what maybe your biggest strength would be um, and, and do that for the team? And do you see yourself staying there in the future? If you, when you go to the league, are you hoping to stay where you are or you'd like to go a little bit more outside? Yeah, so,
3: I mean, starting with Kentucky, it was just um, that's what we needed was a defensive lineman when I switched. And so, that was before I got diagnosed and I moved to D-line. And so, that was just a sacrifice, an easy sacrifice I made because I knew that if I played defensive line, it would put the best 11 on the field. And after I got diagnosed, uh, they put me at outside linebacker when I came back just because they just wanted me to put – they wanted to put me somewhere that I was comfortable at and that I had game experience at when I came back. And then my – what was it? 2019 – I was a defensive lineman the whole offseason. And then right before camp started, they moved me back to outside linebacker because we're a thin outside linebacker. And so, again, that was an easy sacrifice because it was the best for the team. And then moving back to 2020, that was my first year playing full-time defensive line. And so I like both of them, and I like defensive line specifically too because it's more physical. It's like outside linebacker, you're in space. And people want to see you on your feet. And I'm cool with that. I, lo- I love that too. But I like to – I like the old SEC football. I, I like to hit people that, in the head. That's the funniest thing that yeah. I find about you, Josh, honestly, is getting to know
2: you as mean Like, off the field, possibly the nicest person <laughs> ever to grace the earth. And then as soon as you step past that white line, if you get in your way, you, you're going to be dead. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just have that killer instinct. And I, I, how do you kind of – how do you able to switch that on and off? Because – For me, it's like I've got to be – I'm the same person I am on the field as off the field. I'm pretty relaxed and all that. But you just have this switch that you change around. How how have you been able to
3: develop that? Yeah, it's just uh, um, like when I get on that field, when it's the coin toss, right after the coin toss, I go to the sideline, I say a prayer, and I just thank the Lord for being able to go out there and compete each and every game. And then that switch gets flipped when you – like when I told you when I see the other team. And it's more of a it's mine versus yours, and it doesn't matter if we're at Kroger Field or Commonwealth, or if we're at uh, wherever away stadium we're playing at. <laughs> it's like it's war time, so yeah. you just have to switch, or you gonna get put in your butt. So. Is,
1: is there a certain team that flips that switch a little a little harder that that you look over and that you're just like you really
3: get amped up to play? Um, honestly, you can ask anybody the facility, I really think it's like every game, but yeah. but but. I like that. Uh, Florida. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Florida's a little pushed no out.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you see their game yesterday against Alabama? <laughs> that looks like it's going to be a really good matchup when they come into Kroger Field. When you go to pray before the game, do you pray for the other guy? Because I, mm-hmm. I would think he would need some, <laughs> some help for what's probably about to get inflicted on him. Um, same on that, though, with the flip and the switch. I remember I think it was your first year was one of my – not the Citrus ball, but, but one of the last years I was here. And I remember meeting you. And you were such a nice guy and all that. Then we go to Southern Miss.
1: Oh, I know what you're about to talk
0: about. And he n- nearly killed a guy. Do you <laughs> remember that exact play? Yeah. The, and that um, was like the Josh Pascal's arrive moment, I think.
3: Because
0: mm. I think there was a lot of hype around you. you I think you were a four-star recruit yeah. out of Maryland, right? And it mm. was like, this kid's going to be pretty good. We put you in against Southern
3: Miss. And I think it was almost a safety, wasn't yep. it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Because that was Edo Smith. He ended up yeah. being the NFL back, too. He was yeah. a, a good back. He was a good player for Southern Miss. But it was like a little two-minute, and we had running a stunt. Mm-hmm. And they had, uh, I think it was a, a shovel pass or a draw. And it was a perfect play call for the from the D coordinator uh-huh. and from Coach House. Yeah. And I just blew it up. You a, got <laughs> a clean shot on him? Yeah. Question,
0: because maybe some of the listeners know, I have no idea. What is a
3: stunt? A stunt <laughs> is basically a movement by a defensive lineman. And it may be two defensive linemen, or it could be a defensive lineman and an outside linebacker okay. where one sets up a movement for another. That's the most like Things
2: I love about football. Mm-hmm. Offensive side, we talked about last week with Will being able to audible change the play call. I think that would be really cool to tap your helmet and be <laughs> able to change it. Defensive-wise, if I'm the D lineman that gets to call move or shift, oh, yeah. that's got to be
3: fun, right? And yeah. do you get to do that? Uh, no. So I'm going to tell you this, though. Imagine being a center and you're like, say a small center, you're like 290 pounds, and you have Marquand McCall call up in front of you. <laughs> And my Kwan McCall calls Lionel right ahead of you, and then he just says, "Move as quick as you can, and then he just twitches. That's going to make you yeah. move 90 yeah. percent of the time. because <laughs> mywa's the one who calls it. Yeah, but. Um, do you
2: think this is getting off t- subject a little bit? Do you think that their center looked a little bit like Drake Jackson yesterday? He had the exact Drake Jackson build. He was about four foot tall. <laughs> I think he was three hundred and ninety-five pounds. His gut looked like he was stealing footballs from the facility. Did you notice
1: that? Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Ta- talking about Drake, you go up against the big blue wall every single day. How have they made have they made it easier for you guys on the D line to go up against other D lines because they've been so good, or is it where it's still practices
3: like it's still just not the same as game speed and? Oh, that no, it makes it easier for sure. Because we go against a great offensive line every week. And in my opinion, we are gonna against the best offensive line that we're going to face every day of practice. And they get us ready for that as well. And during camp, during spring ball, it got, it got competitive. Like, uh, all the O-linemen and D-linemen can tell you, they, like, we're going to talk trash and we're going to do all that. But, and, you know, we're going to take care of each other too. But uh, when he steps on that practice field, it's like we're going to compete like it's a game. So,
0: Who talks the best trash? On Mark the O-line. Oh, on O-line. 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 Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd say you all win the battle most of the time in trash talking. Y'all y'all, y'all yeah. would win that one. But who on the O-line can talk pretty good with you? None so, of them. Oh, Austin
3: Dyson. Austin, <laughs> oh, Austin. oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can
0: only imagine so, what Max, he has to say.
1: So, Max has asked every guest this question, which I guess we're going to get a different perspective from you because you face these guys. Least favorite offensive lineman? Mm. Least favorite offensive lineman?
0: I love all the offensive linemen, though. On, I, knew say say yeah. us I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say that.
3: Uh, let me think.
0: Give a good reason too.
3: I can't That's do the- this. <laughs> I can't. Just say Luke. Just yeah, I'm going to Luke. Say, I'm gonna say Luke because I love
2: him so much. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about the best player you've ever played against so
3: far? Played against? Um, it can be any ooh, position. Any position. I'm going to say Georgia in 2017 when they had – Yeah, 2017 when they had Sonny Michelle yep, and Chubb yep, yep, as yep. running backs. Yep, yep. That was the deadly combo. They've obviously turned out to be all right. You know, <laughs> yeah. Go, huh? yeah, that was ridiculous. I ain't gonna lie. And that was my first, uh, like, first freshman year. And yeah, they didn't disappoint. Them, Roquan Smith, and middle linebacker. Man, that was a good team. Yeah, and they still got beat. I still <laughs> can't
1: believe. Well, because they, they got beat in the. That's twi- yeah, that was, was that right, year. Yeah. 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 Wow. Was was that
0: was a tour tour moment, wasn't it? Tour yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, one of the more impressive skills you've got a lot. One of my favorite, your ping pong game. Oh, yeah. I remember you coming in because <laughs> specialists tend to spend a lot of time on that table, and we get pretty heated at it. You came in one day and were like, you want to play me? And I was like, all right. You know, most of D linemen don't waste their time on the ping pong table. Yeah. So I just started joking with you, and you just start smacking it back like you're better.
3: <laughs> um, do you still play quite a bit? So, look, after y'all left, we just stopped going in the players' lounge. Like, we still go in there, but uh-huh. half of the time, is like, the lights off and people watching TV. But we need to bring back the ping pong. Yep. I
0: thought it was some good camaraderie. Yeah. Is that because the level of ping pong plays fallen off since we've left? Is that what I it think is? so.
2: Or is there just no rackets left? Because I remember <laughs> they used to go missing all the time. And Danny Clark, when he played, he used to just throw them at the wall all
1: the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have to get drywall every week because he'd lose a game and just chuck the pile across the room.
1: You talk about playing ping pong with the specialists all the time. What was it like you know, playing with Max and Miles' teammates? Because obviously, I assume you and Max – like. Ran across each other on the field quite a bit on, on you know, switching from fourth down to, to defense. Jones
2: was on punt team too.
3: Oh, you were on punt team as mm-hmm. well.
1: So, yeah, what was it like, Uh, you know, have, having Max on your on your team? It was
3: crazy because at the end of the day you could block and do all that and Duffy could put it behind his back, do a backflip, <laughs> and, like, do a burpee and then kick the ball 75 yards. So it was crazy to see. And then, uh yeah. It was definitely different because you would never know when Duffy was going to do a fake. <laughs> but it would kept you on your toes, too, though. That's what I liked about it. I think it surprised Coach
0: Stoops sometimes. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. he'd, <see> it coming. <laughs> he'd be like, I don't know what you just did, but it was good. Good job.
1: I was going to say, how stressful was it blocking for an Australian-style punter knowing that, like, he could punt
3: it in three seconds or ten? How stressful yeah. was that? I mean, it really wasn't that stressful just because you saw him in practice and no matter how close the defender was, somehow he got it off. And so it kind of relieved some pressure, but at the same time, it was like Duffy. So you wanted to make sure that. that Oh, shit. Oh, we've lost power. Oh, Oh, we're back. We we are back. I don't know. I hope that didn't mess that up. No, we're good.
1: It's still going. Yeah, it's still going somehow. <laughs> That'll be interesting for, for the pod. For everyone, for everyone listening,
2: we just lost power for about a brief second. second. Wow. I'm not sure it if this crazy.
1: podcast was just going so well that we blew the circuits. <laughs> well, but oh, everything so. at KS Bar something. is gone. It's something every. So the first week we had bad audio. Second week you all were on Zoom. Third week we had another chairs match downstairs. We had another one today, <laughs> and now the the power has just shut off at KS Bar. Turned back on. wow wait Well, we're still going. Um, Josh, what
2: are, you, what are your hopes for the rest of the season? Obviously, we've got off to a good start. We're 3-0. We, we probably didn't play our best. I thought we looked lights out against Missouri. We looked really good. Hopefully, we can nice get, get back to that.
3: Um, how, what, are
2: you, what, are you, what are your expectations for the rest of the season?
3: Uh, just to uh, step it up on the defensive side of the ball and control that we, what we can on our side and then for the offense to step it up even more on their side of the ball as well and just to keep getting better each and every week. And, of course, uh, we want to win each and every game. So that's what we're going to be pushing.
2: Um, talk, talk to the listeners about – I think this is kind of a – well, to me it's a weird concept. Most of the football guys live with football guys. You don't. Mm. Tell yeah. us who you live with, how you guys <laughs> met, and, uh, and, yeah, just talk us through that because that's a little bit of a different
3: situation. Yeah, so I live with Jacob Cook. He's a golfer, and I met him through FCA. And, like, he's a chill dude. Like, we're both laid back. Like, the house is cool. It's not too dirty. It's clean. Air conditioning's on all the time. Yeah, Yeah. AC's on.
1: (laughs) I I would imagine living with Jacob Cook would be much different than living with someone like like Max or like someone on the O-line or something like that. (laughs) What's wrong with living with (laughs) me? I've I've been to your house a time or two.
0: (laughs) Do you ever come home on like a Saturday, maybe you play a noon game, you come home Saturday night, and you're wanting to watch, I don't know, maybe Auburn-Penn State whiteout, and he's got like a golf match on?
3: Nah. Let's see, look. But with him, he will watch the Penn State Auburn game. Okay. But on Sundays, he'll watch Crazy. the Final golf <laughs> channel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how he watches the golf channel all the time. No. Seems <laughs> like, to be the same thing over and over again. Yeah. it's Just them hitting the ball into a hole. Could you ever get in the golf? Oh, uh, yeah. I actually uh, – uh, he's taught me – I went to – what was it called?
0: top golf, top golf? Not top no, golf. driving it's golf. The, this Pop the light. driving range, yes. Driving. <laughs> the driving range went
3: on a couple times. And uh, – you know, the swing's not there all the way yet, but it's, it's going to
1: get some tweaks. <laughs> so I've heard that there's some guys on the Kentucky football team who love to golf. I think Will likes to golf. I know Stoops loves to golf, golfs with John Daly. Loves it. <laughs> have you ever thought about just getting your own scramble team and telling Stoops, get your guys, but in your back pocket, you've got a
3: collegiate golfer, Jacob Cook, and you just smoke them. Yeah, for real. That's what we should do. But do would I have to hit if I did that?
1: You would, but like yeah, it would still like the they would just play Jacob's ball. So basically it basically be like Jacob versus yeah Stoops and his guys.
3: <laughs> I might do that. You I think that. Stoops would
0: be the type that like if he couldn't find his ball, he may have an extra one in the pocket. Yeah. he'd be that kind of 100% guy. One hundred percent chance. He would. He cheat. He'd cheat hard.
3: Especially if he got some money on it.
0: I wouldn't want to play him for money because he could probably <laughs> throw a little bit more down than I could. I know for real. Um. Talk to us um, a little bit
2: about um, the motivation we've asked everyone. We kind of got into it a little bit, but I'd like to just ask everyone, talk to us about the motivation behind why you play football and uh, what kind of keeps you going as a person day in, day out.
3: Yeah, um, I'm motivated by something like far more than just uh, materialistic things. Of course, everything comes through my faith, and that's how I see the game of football. I see it as a gift that God blessed me with. I see it as a platform of being at the University of Kentucky, playing football in SEC, and being the captain. I see that as a platform to spread his, spread his word and to hopefully grow his kingdom. And that's my ultimate goal in life, and, yeah, that, that's what gives me peace. So most –
1: actually, every – well, Chris and Will, when we asked what their motivation was, they would mm-hmm. say that they're family. And then yeah. they would then leverage that into talking about how their uncle – would lay them out in (laughs) in the front yard. And your brother obviously played at Kentucky. Mm. Did he or any of your uncles ever just,
3: like, roughhouse you as a kid that made you? I remember my uh, brother in C. Pleasant, Maryland. I was little, like probably four or five. We were playing throwback in the yard, and he knocked the wind out of me for the first time. Oh, I tell you, he used to beam the ball at me, though. <laughs> like he would throw it at me. I'll be ten yards away, and he'll throw it at me as hard as he could. And but it told me how to catch, though. <laughs> but my brother smacked the crap out of me. There's something <laughs> about the football. Kentucky
1: football players and just getting beaten up as kids <laughs> by their
3: brothers. Three line, for
2: three.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say. We can ask. It must be like a marks, like because he likes to play the underdog little brother role. Yeah. Obviously, being. Sit with brothers with Bob, and now he's just recruiting
0: all these guys, too. So, yeah, I'm starting to think it's a recruiting requirement. I'm starting to think it is, too. shows up to the family household, he's like, Let's do a front yard football game. I want to see how they treat you before I offer you anything. (laughs) That's crazy.
2: Hey, Josh, uh, Josh Pashel gets seven days off from football and anything. Where does he go? What does he want to do with those days off? How do you kind of have fun?
3: How do I have fun? I mean, it depends. Like, this is. Just right now, or where is it you, like, where do you, I have where are some you going? money?
2: I'm giving you a week to just do, go do whatever you want to do. Unlimited amount of resources? Unlimited.
3: I'm going on vacation. <laughs> I'm going to Bora Bora. Bora, Bora. I always Bora. saw pictures of it. <laughs> I want to go somewhere with some clear water. Yep. Like the little huts in the water? Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. And I want some great food. I might go everywhere. I might go to Jamaica, get some Jamaican food, go to Italy, get some pasta. <laughs> are What's you a foodie? Favorite? Yeah, I'm a foodie. Ooh, favorite food in Lexington? Favorite food in Lexington, let's think. And food. I'm buying so, uh, for, all right, yeah. so for breakfast, I'm going to go either Josie's or yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. go Wild Egg's. Good choice. Love Josie's. Oh, yeah.
0: You have the cinnamon roll at Josie's or at uh, Wild Egg's. Yeah, oh, and, and, and the skillet. Yeah, Ooh. that's oh, it's good. Yep. All right, lunch? And then
3: for lunch, I'm going to have to go. Kavace's Smoke Bar and Grill. <laughs> <laughs> for lunch, I'm going to probably say, see, this is a hard one, probably RK9 Thai Kitchen. Wow, where's that up off of Richmond Road? Okay, mm-hmm. I like out. Thai food too. So yep. okay, and then for dinner, my favorite place in Lexington. I'm a pasta guy, so I'll probably say Bellinote. Okay, mm-hmm. Bellinote choices across I the board. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. But I I could try anything though. Like I've had Indian food. I love yep. Indian food. We like Indian Thai food, yep. of course. American food, yep. soul food, of course. And then yeah, whatever they throw at me, I eat. It's cool. a throwaway question, but you obviously peel
1: your bananas, right? Of course. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> Thank that. Goodness. Appreciate that. That's what I asked Chris. Like, do you guys eventually have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, look, if this thing keeps going and Will starts putting up, like, Heisman numbers, are we just going to have to start doing this too? It's, it's uh, not happening. Never.
3: <laughs> that is disgusting. I told him that too. I said I'm tired of seeing it. My mom takes me and said I saw one of your teammates eat a banana <laughs> hole. I was like, that is not something I was expecting to see when I unlocked that phone. She's like, why are you associated with this crazy
0: person? Get him off the team. You're like, Mom, that's a starting quarterback.
1: So, so you and Max were both seniors last year. You decided to come back. Max didn't. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, like, talk to him throughout the season and be like – or throughout the offseason and get on to him for no, night not No, they were happy to get rid of me.
3: <laughs> no, nah, I was like – I mean, I knew – uh, Duffy was like a selfish dude. <laughs> I, knew I, <laughs> I knew he said he was done with Kentucky football. He hated all of us. And I was like, dang, Duffy, that's for real? Yeah, unfortunately that is true.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said you think they didn't want you back? I yeah, Stoops I... had like a funeral moment today. <laughs> he said you weren't coming back quite crying in his office for all
2: day. For real. Oh, man. Uh, hey, you got some merch that you want to plug or a website or anything like that?
3: Oh, yeah, so I have a website. It's joshpascal.com and I have merchandise there. I have hats. I have shirts. I have crop tops for the ladies. Ooh, there, you mm-hmm. okay. there you go. That's And then uh, I have everywhere. I have a connection on that website where you can put in any NIL opportunities that you want and just a request that you can do.
0: You're on the SEC Leadership Council for football. Mm-hmm. Is is that like boring or is it kind of good?
3: It's kind of good. Okay. Because two years ago was it two? Years? Yeah, two years ago, we got to meet in person before COVID, of course, yep. and they take you to Texas Day Brazil the first night, cool. and then the next morning cool. is your meeting, and so it's a representative from each school, so you just get to build a connection from um, a lot of the guys from the SEC, like a lot of the top guys, and then we got a talk from Antoine Walker too, That's and cool. he talked about financials. Uh, financial literacy with us yep. and so that was cool and then this past the past two years have been on uh, Zoom of course yep. and those are it's still good they'll still have a group chat and communicate yep. and you're first to, you're the first to know uh, a lot of the decisions that the SEC makes which is nice do
0: they ask you like I mean I'm sure you're not the one to decide but they ask for some input from you all things. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah they ask for input for all of us like they literally listen to us uh, cool. Commissioner Sankey is on a meeting of all the, uh um on the call at the, at all times, and he's locked in, and they literally take what we say into consideration, though. And it's things that they've changed in the SEC that have came straight out of that meeting. Give so, us an example. I can. Oh, you can. Yeah, can. So
1: well, here's okay. my question, though. So Stoops knows you're on on the committee let's say there's a week where he and a referee just don't agree on a lot of things but oh, say there's a week every week <laughs> does he ever nudge
3: you after game and be like hey like each like you talk to uh Ol-Sink about this <laughs> Nah, because it's not really that type of stuff it's more of um kind of like political things so mm-hmm. it would be more of coach if somehow coach Stoops kept us for 30 hours a day. Oh, Not a day. That doesn't make sense. In two days. <laughs> right? yeah, that would be a long day. Yeah. That would day. be a long day. 30 hours and two days or something like that. Then uh, people would talk about that on the call yeah. and they'll get nipped in the butt and stuff like that. But No I think targeting rule changes? Um, They talked about the targeting rule, but the targeting rule is really, yeah. The, I mean, they did make the change where you can stay on the sideline now. Oh, they okay. did? I didn't, yeah. know, I didn't so. know that. Yeah, so yeah. You, yeah. you don't get kicked out anymore.
0: Well, uh, you get you get kicked yeah. out of playing, but you at least can stand there.
3: Yeah, you just had to take the walk of shame. Oh. Yeah,
0: have you you never had the walk of shame, or did you?
3: Mm-hmm. Never had the walk of shame.
0: I don't do the walk of shame either. Yeah.
3: So you
1: talk. It's <laughs> Jesus. We can't get anywhere with this podcast. <laughs> so you you you, you talked about had the walk of shame out of my apartment this morning. <laughs> <I think. laughs> right, so a quick pivot here is you you. you t- you talked a lot about how, you know, things we brought up in the meeting about, like, if a coach is being, like, too extra with the guys or anything like that. How does that speak to Mark Stoops and how great he is with you guys considering he is the second longest tenured coach mm-hmm. in the SEC behind Nick Saban, which, of course, he'll never leave. So how, how great is
3: Stoops in that regard? Like, how great is he with you guys? Yeah, he's great. Because um, he, you got to think he's been here, like you said, for a while. And I know that we've had the same head coach every year since I've been here. And a lot of these guys that even come in, they know that they're going to get a long-term coach. That's that's something good for them, uh, to know that they have a, a sense of consistency within them and to know that Coach Stoops has our backs. He's a player's coach. He listens to us. Uh, he cares about us. He cares about us outside of football. And that's something that uh, we love about Coach Stoops. So one one last question.
1: We asked Will, and obviously – the Chattanooga game wasn't the best example. We asked him for him to give us a celebration after he scored a touchdown. So, can we have your promise that if you sack someone against South Carolina this week, we can get a celebration for the Pennant D podcast? Yeah, what you want? Ooh, Ooh. can Ooh. we come back with That's you on the Twitter poll in a few days? Yes, we'll figure it out.
2: This
0: could be hilarious. We'll get something good. Hey,
1: hey, we can cut this,
2: Josh, because I uh, don't know how comfortable you are with people knowing this. But Luke told me the other day that you had your first drink of alcohol.
3: What was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, uh, vodka spray. Sprite. <laughs> did you it's like good? it? Uh, it was cool. <laughs> did you have <laughs> just cool.
0: one or did you go for more than one?
3: I had one. I had a sip of that. I had a cup of that and then I had a sip of vodka, and Red, Bull. Ooh, that's vodka Red Bull. Vodka Red Bull good, was though. good. Yeah. yeah. Do
1: you ever, are you ever going to dip into the to the bourbon side of things? Or is that like a progressional like? I only drunk
3: one time, so I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> there you go. And that was 4th of July weekend. Right. But I think I did try bourbon. Or was it, it was some type of. Gee, it was a big
2: diet then. Huh? Don't even I was just sipping every time. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it was
3: I didn't really like it though.
1: Well that was my thing. The first time I drank, my friend started me off with just a shot of straight bourbon. Same. Oh. So so that everything else would taste good the rest of the night. Yeah. And then they leveraged that and to be like and I don't like pickles. And they were like, Let's do picklebacks so where we take a shot of bourbon yep. and then the <laughs> shot of pickle juice drowns it out. So that back to back, the worst experience of my life. The fact I still drink is an anomaly. <laughs> I mean, it's that was terrible.
0: The first time I drank, my friend said, "Here, just try this little sip of beer," and it was hot Kentucky gentleman, which ooh, I don't know ooh, if you're a bourbon aficionado. Oh but that's my one of god, the, that's I'm, terrible. I'm, well, I'm surprised they spent you know that nice of a bottle on me, but <laughs> um, I, I don't think I puked, but it was really close. It was one of the worst things I've ever tasted. Oh, mm. That. What is yeah. it? <laughs> and leave that in there too. Leave, <laughs> leave all of that. What is the Kentucky gentleman? It's, it's like, like $6 a six-dollar yeah. bottle of bourbon. they to your car
1: up if you had to.
2: It's,
0: it's
1: like terrible. that. It's terrible. It's like stay away from Kentucky gentlemen and Evan Williams. Those are the two oh. that's just like absolutely terrible. All right, Josh.
2: So our favorite man of all Kentucky football is obviously the head coach Mark Stoops, and our favorite thing is just the mannerisms and the sayings that he has. Obviously, the mannerisms of shaking his coffee. Um, <laughs> and uh, the kind of little strut that he has coming out to the game and walking up and down the sideline where he kind of has the arms on the hips and the the (laughs) guts kind of wobbling a little bit. (laughs) And then he's got the sayings of, like, reap what you sow, can't beat anyone to stop beating yourself, Mm -hmm. true or not
3: true, all that. You got a favorite saying or little mannerism that he gives us? Yeah, I'll probably say the true or not true. Or then when he says, uh, at the end of something, he's like... uh like, true or not true? <laughs> <laughs> like, <are he laughs> and how many times is it true? Yeah, every single time. Really, right, that's I mean, the like, best expression we've got oh so far on the podcast. Like, of that, though, and and the accent then he's was like, pretty on point. Wow! And even at the end, where he says something where uh, maybe we're doing like a example of somebody else from another school, and then he was like, "If you do that, you're, you're done. You're, you're, done. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. You're done. Yeah, <laughs> that's may a throw good some one. other words in the middle. Of
0: the line, <laughs> but you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah, yeah.
1: All right, Josh, it was great having you on here. Um, I, I know whenever I, I talk to you, it's always a great, enlightening moment. So the fact that our listeners get to listen to you this week and we got to have you in here is absolutely great having you. Yeah, thank well, you for having me. Awesome, dude. Good luck. Good luck against South yes, Carolina for sure. Let's get it. Great! So that was it for the Josh Pascal interview. Uh, and we talked about it kind of beforehand. But I, just I, I, every time I talk to Josh, he is the nicest person. Um, and I've been friends with him now for about two or three years. And just every time, it's like he makes me feel – not intentionally. He makes me feel so much less of myself because, like, dude, you cannot be any more nicer than you are right now. The perfect human.
2: Um, Literally. And like you said, you just feel like such a bad person after you're in his presence because he never puts a foot wrong. And he's one of those guys that, like, still has that balance of, you know, he's not Mr. Perfect that never makes – doesn't make a mistake and doesn't, can't joke around. Like, he'll still joke around just as much as anyone else but he does it in the nicest way possible, mm-hmm. which he's actually so nice that he gets annoying sometimes that you just want him to mess up or do something wrong.
0: <laughs> you want to trip him up a little bit? <laughs> he's one of the few guys on the team, and I think, I mean, playing, you don't necessarily hate anyone on the team, but it's – Where are you going with this? Yeah, you're going somewhere with it. So it's its crazy to me that no one would say a bad word about him. Not only that, everyone would praise him. Yep. But yeah, Like most of the guys, you go, oh, I mean, I kind of know that person, but – um, I, you know, I don't really see him that much. Everyone would be like, I love Josh. Yeah. I know a lot about him. He always talks to and, me. And for how young
2: all the guys on the team are, obviously, besides myself when I was playing, everyone's between 18 to 23. <laughs> um, normally, like, there's some maturity issues or, you know, like, there wouldn't be a lot of people on staff that would say, gee, that guy's a good guy because we're, everyone's going through their maturation, which is great use of word right there. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, Josh is the one where all the staff would even say, I'd like to be more like Josh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is ultimate praise.
1: Could you see him uh, uh, maybe someday? Of course, obviously we want him to have an NFL career and everything. He he probably will. Um, I I think he could be a coach someday. Easily. He could could be a coach. He'd be great in uh, Courtney Love's position.
2: For those of you who don't know what Courtney Love does, um, obviously former player, Uh, he kind of – handles all the the off-the-field stuff with the players, making sure they're uh, attending classes, just general stuff like that. I think he'd be a great – because Courtney's such a great role model, he'd be a great one to be a great role model for all the guys on the team. Yeah,
1: and, and I don't want to get too much into this, cause, but I'd feel remiss if I didn't. But um, And just an example of how, how well I know Josh. So, uh, Or not how well I know him, but how great he, he was. When he came back against Middle Tennessee State, um, I'd never spoken a word to Josh before in my life. Um, but I know he was battling cancer or whatever, and at the same time, I had a friend who was battling cancer, and I knew that Josh was kind of making his rounds to the children's hospital and and so not even thinking about it when we at the press conference after Milton State, I asked him, I was like, "Hey, did you ever like make a connection with any of the kids or anything like that?" And I remember he looked at me dead in the face, and he was like, "And he just name dropped my friend, I had no idea I knew him, I had no idea they were friends. And just chills just went all over me, and you know, you know, I couldn't help but be like, you know, that was my best. Which is bad media practice to cut someone off of their answer, but yeah. and just the way that he's treated my friend, and the way he's treated you know everyone around that situation with such grace, at, while he was going through his own thing, just speaks to the to the person he was entirely. In. And I just wanted to tell that story because. I think people should know that he is literally, like, the best dude I've ever met. He's yeah. gone through
2: one of the scariest things anyone can go through, and it's never been a moment where it's been about Josh. And if anything, it's been about everyone else. And you obviously heard in the interview, you ask him, and the first thing he goes is, I want to be out there helping the football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm letting almost letting people down. It's like, dude, you're going through something that no one wants to go through, and all he's thinking about is everyone else. And Coach Simon was the exact same, both. Yep. Never thought about themselves for a second. Always thought, how can I, I guess, use this platform or just use the situation I'm in to um, help everyone else and help their lives. So, um, yeah, great person.
1: And the fact he came back and played that season
0: and played what, and three seasons yeah, after, after that. Absolute dog. Yeah, he's a monster. Absolute Dog. dog. <laughs> My absolute favorite dog. part of that was when he talked about how that wasn't his role that year, the Citrus Bowl year, and he had other things, you know, off the field. When I don't, even, I mean, sure he has some idea, but. His motivation to the team—I don't think he realizes how big of a role he played on the team that year it was huge. Yeah. Definitely a man that does what he has to do. Yep.
1: Yes, yes, he is. So that brings us to our favorite subject. What a segue by Max there. What there we go, Max?
0: <laughs> Getting better at this as we go, huh?
1: <laughs> well, we're going to see if I can get it right this time. This is the boys do what they want to do, men do what they have can to do segment. Why? Why is that, Max? Covers up in the morning. <laughs> Cannot. You know? But do I've
2: got—I've got something for you here, Brent, really quickly—to make it easier for you. Okay. So you've been struggling a little bit with getting it out. So I just thought like as you do to Well, I usually segments. struggle with
1: taking it out, yes. Yes.
2: So segments just to make them easier, you normally just make acronyms, right? Right. So boys do what they want to do, men do what they have to do. I've broken it down for you. Just to make it a bit shorter, easier. Uh B W B D W T uh, Can't even read it. So there you go. That's, if you want to make it shorter and easier on yourself, it is B-D-W-T-W-T-D-M-D-W-T-H-T-D. There you go. If, you want, if that just makes it simpler for you.
0: I'm watching you read off of a note, but <laughs> The fact that you took time to write that down to help him out is unbelievable. I could see,
1: yeah. see the wheels turning in his head, too. He was like, men, M. <laughs> so anyways, you can't pull the sheets up over in the morning. You, you can't cannot. do it. Miles, who is your nomination for... Uh, man of the Week, There's after several. you already nominated God last week and allowed him to get smoked by
0: Mark Stoops. That was one of the moments, for those that have ever played, like, Cards Against Humanities or, like, Apples to Apples, I think, or something like that. When you play that card that you've been saving and you're like, well, this is a sure winner, and it gets it loses, mm-hmm. and you can't believe it. I thought that would be an easy win for God last week. Um, unfortunately, no, Stoops came in and blew him out of the water. <laughs> this week nominee
3: mm,
0: i'm gonna go with the announcers at the game yesterday um like this one not even sure on their names to be honest but several quotes within about growling before the game um grabbing the shirt of the other guy Mm -hmm. the stuff they were rambling on I'm almost convinced they thought no one was listening and they could just say whatever that they wanted and then they concluded it with talking about coach Bob Stoops of UK
2: I mean it was Mm. tough to try and find that stream and I know a lot of people were having problems during the week and I'm with you Miles I, I don't think they thought they had any listeners and could just talk about whatever they wanted to talk about during the game they literally said at one stage He looks like a running back that growls when he runs. And this is an interesting topic to bring up because
1: we were growling before we got to start this show. What? Exactly. Okay, so I don't watch a lot of games on TV. Um, or at least Kentucky games on TV. I'm usually there. But that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life.
2: To be honest, they were being boys. So I like the nomination, but they were being boys. They They weren't doing what they had to do. They were doing what they wanted to do, all show. I'm talking about growling.
0: Growling's a I mean, that's but I don't think I've ever growled in my life. But if
1: you if you have to growl before you start a podcast, you're probably doing what you have to do. Yep. I assume that's probably not a pleasant experience. So I'll give you a perfect scenario of times when you do want to growl. So
2: the, and this is one hundred percent truth. So we've told we've talked about in previous episodes that there's this great moment before we get on the bus and go to the games where they make people stand up. Maybe Stoops bashes a whiteboard, something like that. But then what they do after that is they play a hype video. A hype videos of all the, the highlights from the week before, but also the last time we played the opposition that we're playing. Well, all the guys get up. They normally go crazy, start dancing, start yelling. Like, big play happens. Well, as specialists, we don't come on very much. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, except <laughs> for you, because...
2: You juke the guy out, but... Never got that hype video because I did it in my last ever game. That's true, that's true. um, I've only came up once, and I think it was when I tackled someone uh, against, uh, like, UT Martin or something. Um, But what would happen is, is all the guys would stand up and go crazy. Well, me and Grant's way of celebrating the hype video was to just start getting down on all fours and just start barking when these hype videos were going, just to get everyone going, just like... (laughs) And uh, that is
1: one time. Are you serious? 100% serious. You actually serious. did that.
2: 100, I used to pretend to have to hold Grant back while he was barking at the screen. Um, and it's hilarious. But that is one time when I'm allowing growling.
0: You wonder why that like, the teams think like the specialists <laughs> are the weirdest guys on the team. I don't want to hang out with them. And then this is what you do. And it makes perfect sense why no one wants to spend time with us.
1: That's probably why you guys could only get Josh to come play ping pong. Him being as nice as he is, he was like, oh, I feel it's bad. He's out of pity. Yeah, He's like, I bad feel for bad us. for these dudes who are just sitting here at the ping pong table growling at each <laughs> other. You got a nomination? I do have a nomination. It is the SEC officials in the Penn State Auburn game looking after the big SEC brand.
0: Quick moment because I want to go back to it as you look at me and do not cheat. Okay. Do the acronym. Um, Oh. M M D
2: W T W Boys do What they Want. You started T- with D. Uh, M.
0: You started it with M. <sighs> yeah, I can't mm. do it. Yeah, that's okay, so that's it's, we'll throw it's that tough. out there. It's B D nah, you, you know. W T H <laughs> B, no, B, no W, no, not B, W, because the boys
2: don't. Boys do what they want to do, not what they have to do. So, well,
1: well let's just get on to my nomination because this is uh. off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, for those who didn't watch the Penn State Auburn game last night, for some reason in Happy Valley, they decided to let the SEC officials officiate that game. And as we all know, James Franklin, not not our favorite guy in the world, uh-uh. but nope. he he was getting hosed last night, I believe. Um, they made him punt on third down. Uh, there was a bad targeting which call we're, we're on Penn State. We're making teams punt we, are. Just we are. And speaking of that, they also said Carrington Valentine. He he could be doing what he has to do this week. Apparently, he tackles like a punter. Is what well, one of our people said. F- phenomenal tackler.
2: Phenomenal tackler.
1: Yeah. So I'm just gonna go with that. Not my best man of the week, but just looking out for the big SEC. Got to protect. Got to protect Stoops and and the boys. <sighs> it's just different. Uh, it's, it just means more.
2: My nomination this week is. Grant McInnes we probably bring him up almost every single show one of our favourite special teams members until he transferred over to Missouri Uh, hilarious moment during the week where they used Grant McInnes as their model for their team uniform of the week and Grant is not a good looking guy his physique is not the best why they decided to use him I will never understand but they've used Grant, and he just got out there, and he just looked like a natural in front of the camera. He did a few moves. He a little he growl. He, f- he fashioned it off beautifully, <laughs> and Grant just doing what he had to do for the team, and uh, yeah, just modelling the new uniforms for
0: Missouri. What if they had him do like a Victoria's Secret, like the model, like the runway, mm. like a strut, and then if you kept watching uh, at the end, I've
2: unfortunately shared a locker room with Grant, and the
0: more clothes, the better. Agreed. Mm. I would have liked to seen at the end him reenact though all fours just growling <laughs> at the camera again. You got another one for us? Last one, um, and I—I I think we try to stay humble. Yep. At least I think. But we're going to nominate ourselves this week. Cool. Mm. Okay. So for no those, stoops this week. No, no coach stoops. He. Well, that, twenty-eight, twenty-three, probably. Yeah, maybe next week. Um. So well, no, hold
1: on. Stoops, this is actually my new man of the week. Oh wow. Uh, late edition. Yep, stoops is doing what he has to do for the BBN. He's looking out for us. He—he he looks bad against chattanooga that way the spread against uh, south spread. carolina yes, five yes, points yes, i agree he's I looking agree. out for yeah, us because we're gonna bet that one yes sure. we are so he stoops is my nomination for man of the week yeah. he's looking out for us yeah.
0: what's up the gate what is up the
1: gate
0: <laughs> um for those that listened last week we had will on will levis's the interview we were walking through his degree i think in, in finance. finance
1: finance the way he said
2: that too i was gonna pull him up last week i just wanted to let him keep talking but f- To those listening, if you say finance, stop listening to us and just go and try and educate yourself on how to say the word properly. It is finance, not finance. Continue, Miles.
0: So he's going through. He said about stocks, because we asked about stock advice, um, (laughs) buy high and sell low. And in the moment, we didn't stop him. Yep. We were kind enough to let the interview continue. We didn't Mm -hmm. want to embarrass him in front of the audience, but... I think it's the opposite. Yeah,
2: not sure what degree or what they what they teach you at Penn State, but definitely
0: um, not the greatest finance advice from uh, Will there. That reminds me of, and this is a little bit off topic, but the movie Tommy Boy. At the beginning, he's taking the exam, and the first question is, um, Blank Hancock wrote the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> or no, I didn't write it. So, uh, signed it big. Yep. And he smirks and writes, Herbie you think that was like one of those at Penn State, like the first question on his last finance final was blank high, blank low. And he was like, well, this is an easy one. Buy high, sell low. It's been quite a moment. Probably a freebie bonus point that he missed on the exams there. So that's some good good nominations for men. Am I
2: allowed to throw in a nomination for a boy? Are we going to allow that?
1: I think we can. Doing what they want to do. Let's just make it the honorary, he did did what he wanted to do of the week. Well, this boy nomination is actually a girl. Oh. So it's going to confuse
2: a few people, but this is a girl. So, last night, head out, um, and it's not, with the head that I was given by God himself, it's not very often that I get graced with the opportunity to speak to someone of the opposite sex. Mm. And someone bothered to want to talk to me last night, and... At the same time, thinking I was the luckiest man alive, an individual came over and decided to interrupt that conversation by telling us how much she liked the podcast, how she listens to the podcast, and asked me probably 10 to 15 long-winded questions about the podcast, interrupting the conversation, making the girl walk off, and potentially ruining my future wife. Mm. So, we love people listening. We're never going to deter people but if you want to have a conversation about the podcast let's do it at a time when I'm not meeting meeting my future wife.
0: It's a nice love triangle last night. It is. Night. I guess the girl you're talking to originally didn't want the love triangle. She just wanted to have you all to herself. But so the feedback's
2: great and we're loving
0: it. But, but my thing is wouldn't she be,
2: time to bring it up?
1: Wouldn't she be doing what she had to do if that was the only time she she met you and she was like, "Oh, I really want to praise the podcast." Yeah, but I think she's I doing would, what she I, has she to stop me from. It stopped you're me from biased. doing what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. I think you just hate our fans, <laughs> and yet you still get all the love. See, I, I appreciate all, this, I girl. Right. Whoever the this
0: fans. is that listens and interrupts, yeah. Max, I appreciate Please you. interrupt
1: our conversation because, like, we need the star power. Yep. Like, Max has the accent working for him. Like, if anyone sees us out at the bar and, like, is trying to help us, be, be a nice wingman and be like, oh, hey, I listen to you. You know what I mean? Like, that would be be a nice little thing for me and Mike, uh, Miles. <sighs> There's... <sighs> There's one person that's not listening, Miles,
2: and we want to talk about him. Yeah, we do. So, for those of you that have listened throughout the time, I've brought up the time when my mum gave us the advice to keep it to 15 minutes long, no one wanted to listen to us, but she listens all the way from Australia, my dad, my brother, my sisters listen, everyone everyone tunes in, you know, your family, I'm sure, Brent, listens, you know, they just jump on and listen and they're Mm -hmm. just genuinely interested. We get about... Between 15 to 20 calls from your dad each week, Miles, saying I've just listened to it again for the 48th time. (laughs) This is my critique of it this time around. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And again, all recommendations will be ignored as Max
0: said. Correct. But there is one that's not listening, Miles. When we started this, I didn't know how many listeners we would get, but I at least thought for a start we would have the three of our families mm-hmm. tune in just to kind of yeah. help us out a He'll little probably bit. Probably get us to 20 listeners or something yep. like that. And, yep. And most of them, like you're saying, most family members, even your mom, even though she had some harsh critiques, she listens. My little sister, Raven, she goes to Alabama, um, doesn't really care about college football that much other than Bama winning. Um, she listens every single week, yep. start to finish. Lance, mm-hmm. my youngest brother, who I halfway live with at the moment on his couch, which is my bed right now. I also uh, want to
1: say, who lives literally not even half a mile yeah, from could where we even, record he this could, podcast. He could come to
0: it live if he wanted to. Yeah. Yep. Um, great kid. A great boy. Yep. Doesn't listen to a single episode. Wow. Said, not my type of thing.
2: Uh, not interested. Would rather listen to a multitude of other things. But this podcast,
1: nah, not my thing.
0: Which, the, I mean, I didn't ask him this, but you'd think to know that it's not your thing, you'd have to listen. Right. Yep. But he just he just knows. Well, he that's is.
1: my thing. I always give Lance the benefit of the doubt because I've walked in there a time or two, and there have been some words said, and I'm like, oh, you know, Lance is a he seems like a well-rounded kid, nope. and then I heard him just absolutely slip slam yep. this podcast to the ground, say he didn't like the immaturity, he didn't like he didn't like you know Miles being on here spewing his nonsense, yep. and yep. he just trashed it. He so, cuts a good
0: part of gumbo. That's the only the, thing yeah. that saves him.
1: We, we could do an hour-long show about what Lance gets up to
2: week by week, but this is Lance's shout-out. And what we've decided as well for the listeners is we want Lance to tune in. If Lance, Lance, if you're listening to this segment and you just need to tell us, hey, I listened and you guys have got to do what you said you do, we are going to print out T-shirts with Lance's face on them mm-hmm. and we will wear them around the, the tailgate when he decides to listen. So if you're a friend of Lance Butler... Do not tell him about this part, but we swear by all of the podcasts that if he listens to this part and he brings up and says, hey, guys, I actually listened this week, and we're going to do this weekly. Mm -hmm. We're just going to bring up Lance for about 30 seconds. We will print T-shirts out with Lance Butler's face, and we will wear them around the tailgate. Dan Butler, Reese Butler, Mm -hmm. Raven Butler, Laurie Butler, please do not text your son and tell him this, but that is the challenge for Lance.
1: And don't fund him on social media to tell him to listen to you. No, That would be bad. We'll be cheating. We will
2: update you if Lance tells us that he's listening.
1: Well, how about that, though? Because, I mean, we, we do anticipate rolling out some Pennant Deep merch uh, relatively soon for, for our, our listeners. But how about this? Like, we want Lance to listen so bad, we're willing to make our first merch his face. Yep. So that's how much we want Lance to listen. <laughs> it would be a good one. We, uh, before we finish up
2: and wrap up for the week, um, JB Goal on Twitter uh, and you know we love our tailgates. Mm. Um, mainly, what's up the gate? What's up the gate? Um, we love our tailgates. We're going to get around to them Florida week. Uh, JB Gold dropped a, like, picture with a big X on it of exactly where his tailgate is. That's the kind of stuff we need. If you want us at your tailgate for Florida, we'll come. We'll have a beer. We'll eat some wings. We'll, I'll buffalo have to, unfortunately, eat the buffalo okay. chicken dip. Um, and we're gonna bring we're gonna be probably videoing that one. So if you mm-hmm. want us to come around, make sure that you drop a pin of exactly where you are.
1: Yeah. What time should we start the Florida tailgate, by the way? Six A. M. Yeah. I think it'd be Friday breakfast. Night. be pretty good to have some uh some Buffalo chicken dip at six AM. No, a nice <laughs>
0: cup of Joe with it. I wonder if that's a common meal. Ooh. Coffee and buffalo chicken dip?
1: Um Speaking of our
2: fans, before we finish up, you want to give uh, the ball, the imaginary ball, apparently? Yeah.
1: Uh, so the imaginary ball winner this week uh, will go to Katie McDowell. Congratulations, uh, sh- Katie. She seems to be a, uh, a devout fan of Pin it Deep, a true pinhead. So she's going to enter our uh, nomination to win the imaginary balls. Make
2: sure that you're retweeting this show whenever we drop it. Um, if you want to go into the competition to win the sign ball, we've got Chris, Will, Josh Paschal, Luke Faulkner, again, if you want us to sign it, we will. If you don't want to devalue the ball, we won't. I'll put Mike on it. <laughs> I was going to say, they're probably just going to ask for yours. Miles will sign it in whatever name you want to call him at the time. And, uh, yeah, to please retweet to uh, go and chance to win the ball. We're looking at the two polished balls right now. Very,
1: very nice, they clean, polished, like smooth. Clean,
2: clean, solid balls. So we're, uh, we're always a big fan of the balls.
1: And before we get out of here, you know, we always got to do our predictions. Kentucky, South Carolina at William Bryce, night game. SEC Nation is going to be there. It feels like they're billing this as, like, one of the best SEC games of the week. I think it's bullshit, personally. Uh, Kentucky, five-point favorites. First time they've been favorites at William Bryce in the Mark Stoops era and maybe ever over under 48-and-a-half. Right, so let's go ahead. Let's get into our predictions. Max, I'm going to let you start us off.
2: Yeah, just to pick for And up. Go, ahead,
1: go ahead and get our uh, MVP in here, too.
2: Yeah, just the people that are listening as well. We're thinking of potentially dropping a show uh, later in the week with a little bit more of a, a preview to the games. Uh, we obviously don't get a whole lot of time to, to actually do too much football talk itself because we're too busy talking absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but we may be thinking about that. So look out for that one maybe coming up. Um, I'm really happy that the line's at five because it means I could make a lot of money on Kentucky this week. Yep. I think we'll win by 21 points. I think we'll win 35 to 14 Uh And I would say the MVP is Chris Rodriguez going to be back. I know it's the easy layup, but I always love Chris. I think Chris will be back. I'm not sure we looked amazing throwing the ball. I can see us going back to the run game just a
0: little bit more.
2: Um, And Eddie Grant's back too. Correct. Um, And so I'll I'll go for
1: Chris.
0: Okay. I'll go 31 to 10.
1: Not 38-7
0: this time? No, not this week. Oh, wow. Wow. Not 38-7, because I think they're going to get to 10. I don't think we can get to 38, 31, 10. Yep. Right. But 21, then you have 21 as well? 21.1? Yep. I think 21-point win be a nice. Um, I mean, I know South Carolina is obviously not world beaters right now, but any SEC win, especially on the road where you can win comfortably like that, would be good. MVP, I'm going to go. I think they're going to spread it around on offense. So I don't think there's going to be one person in particular that gets the stats. I'm going to go Josh Pascal with. Um, two sacks and a forced fumble.
1: I do want to say this though before I give my MVP and game predictions. Uh, before this week, every guest we had on our podcast, Luke Fortner and yep. Chris Rodriguez, won yep. SEC Player of the Week. Yep. And will let us down. Let us down. Will let us down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so for my score prediction, uh, it's it's tough because. You know, Kentucky, South Carolina. Kentucky's going to own South Carolina recently. They're really bad, but I think that atmosphere is going to be crazy. I think they're really excited for Beamer to be there. Kentucky threw in the clunker, but I still think Kentucky wins convincingly. I think – I don't, I don't want to take Chris Rodriguez because you just took him, but I think he has a big game. And I'm going to go with – well, I took Wandell in week one. I don't want to do that again. You going to MVPs? No, no. I'm just going to go Wandell again. I think this is a game where we get the passing back on track. Will looked rough on Saturday, and I think that this is a game where Kentucky comes out fired up. But they get they get a big lead early um, with the bend but don't break defense. I think South Carolina comes and and gets some points on the board. They probably shouldn't. And I think overall Kentucky probably walks away with a 30 to. Mm, I'm going to go 30-17. When
2: you went to high school and played high school sport, Brent, I imagine it was basketball and you dealt in nothing but layups. Uh, it was actually baseball and I struck out quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also uh, perfect for what we're talking about. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yes, no, I, uh, I think we've, we've got a big week this week and I'm looking
1: forward to us bouncing back. Looking forward to us bouncing back. Uh, I think Kentucky has a big week. Uh, Max Miles, do you have anything to say before we get out of here? Just appreciate the listeners. Keep it up.
0: Lance, hopefully
2: this week that includes you. Yep. And as always, all feedback will be ignored. So please comment away and let us know what your thoughts are.
1: And that was it for this week's episode of Penn It Deep. Thank you to Josh. Thank you for listening. As always, go Cats. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Traveling in a fight On a trail strange lady. She made me nervous. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?